sit back and relax while you listen to Train Kickers Podcast. I'm Dave, and along with my co-hosts Dan and Steve, we're going to take you all around the world to miniature wargaming. On tonight's episode, we are going to get into part two of tiering the Primarchs. Now, for this particular discussion, the goal isn't exactly Primarch v. Primarch, although we do consider their ability to fight and potentially their ability to fight each other. But it's more about, one, going back and doing a little bit of a deeper discussion on them. We did do a discussion previously, but let's face it, that was a while back. That was when the game was still reasonably new. We hadn't gone through it as much. We've played more now. We have a better feel for everything, so we wanted to talk about them a bit more. And we wanted to be able to come up with where we think they fit in relation to each other, both in terms of ability to fight, support their army, having good and cool rules themselves, and all of that. Um, We haven't actually had to think about the model look as a tiebreaker yet, but hey, that could show up as well. Um, This is part two. Previous part was last week. You can look and find that here. And this might end up having a part three. We don't know if we'll be able to get through everything because we're adding a few people who count like Primarchs. Uh, Valdor has the Primarch rule, so we're putting him in. But we're also going to put Scaria because though not listed as Primarch, he's essentially a Primarch. And we're also going to be doing the Horse Ascended and all of that as well. So it's probably going to give us a little bit more we can get through today. But we should have this as part two, a very short part three to you, not too far from now. And then we'll, we'll be going after this into some special characters. All right, and now, on to the show. All right, gentlemen, it is a Monday evening. We're going to have this out to people in time for them to listen to this on their way to Drive for Turkey if you live in America. And if you live somewhere else, I guess you can eat anything you want on Thursday. So, how are people this week i'm doing good i'm, ex- I'm excited for a new epic essentially which has gotten me to talk about bfg which is th- again i'm just happy bfg is great epic is great um, yeah titanicus i love so having the Dan, almost Dan, why do you need epic? three we, we literally just had epic at home i know pretty much on <laughs> saturday at Sixty thousand uh, so yeah. points <laughs> Some, something absurd like that warlord titan what was it? One, two, three, four. We, have, we had four maniples. We had four maniples. We had four or five reavers on the table, a couple warhounds, a warbringer. It, it was it was insane. These people are we insane. Had, we had four maniples, four full maniples from Titanicus on the board. But in twenty eight mil. But yeah. in twenty eight mil, yes. Yeah, the big boys. Um, it's unfortunate I was able to make to that, but maybe one of the next ones I will. Although I don't have anything big and crazy anyway, so my list would have been boring. It would have been the same list to actually bring to events, just with more heavy weapons. I mean, I just brought 6,000 points of Iron Warriors. I had a Predator Squadron, a Vindicator Squadron, a Scorpius Squadron, some Iron Havocs, some Rhinos and Land Raiders. Nothing that crazy. Yeah. There's a Cerberus that never did anything because it just kept getting some uh, shots every turn. The guy who built the war, uh, the uh, the warlord has a uh, <coughs> Bluetooth speaker in it that he puts on with the lights so the eyes light up, and he plays music out of the warlord. Which it's just that's just awesome. I agree <laughs> oh, though. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a model that does all that, you might as well go that little extra mile to put a little bit something oh, more into it. So I do like that. Um, I, I was just playing some Marvel, and so that was that was my weekend. That and Age of Sigmar. But we got a whole bunch of rules wrong, which is fine. I haven't played in two years, and the guy had never actually played before. So we're going to probably re-rack and try that again. I don't know. Maybe this is we'll is very different from 40K in terms of rules, secondaries, 
uh, even objective I mean, I mean, size. Well, yeah, 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 and that, that that stuff's all simple. It was some other stuff, but we'll we're gonna go back through and and figure all that out. But I hadn't hadn't actually taken my cruel boys out for a test drive in honestly about two years. So and to be honest, they started off. Well, no, they were they were bad. They've been bad yeah, for years. They were, they were the worst army in the game, or near the worst army in the game for almost the last two years. Um, yeah. I don't know when they got better, but now now Sigmar everything's within about that ten percent bracket. They're not quite as uh, deviated as it used to be. Same with forty k is reasonably close in that bracket. So, all right, but that is uh, too many k's into the future. We're back to only thirty thousand of these k of, of these things here. Only thirty of the k's instead of forty. Boo! Boo! Only- Boo! Why are you only thirty thousand warhammers. Bad joke. You what? You had no, a I'm joke? No, I said that was a bad joke. Oh, well, I'm fine with that. All I tell is bad jokes. I have no problem with any of this, though. Um, Imperialis, though, does look good. I am excited to do that. I'm working on some Marauders. So that way, at least, it's the only thing I can work on. Because GW doesn't like us enough to have sent us anything. So I have Marauders here. Um, I don't know how you get a hold of them. I've been trying to uh, figure that out. So if anyone knows, let me know. But otherwise... Especially for that stuff. Once it does come out, though, Dan and I are going to be recording some stuff for that. Um, Dan's taking Space Marines. I'm taking the Solar Ox. So I got planes. Because they were still in stock at the at Maplewood. They were like the only two they had. They have that and they have one of the Asariani ones. But they Which ain't in this, this game. So who cares? What? The the Aeronautica, right? Yeah, Aeronautica. I asked I asked Richard. I don't know if he saw it. Don't say. Well, this will This will come out when? This will, this will come, come out, out tomorrow? Wednesday. Do we know anyone that lives near Maplewood that listens to this podcast? I need to get Probably there before most other of the people, people at Maplewood listen to this podcast. Fuck. Richard listens to this. God damn it! Why? Okay, because I don't want people to go there and buy the damn. Don't ships. worry, I'll cut this I out. Don't worry. <laughs> no, you don't even cut it out. It's no, I'm not going to cut it at all. <laughs> the race. The <laughs> there race wasn't a chance I was going to cut this out. <laughs> or if I did, I would put on the bottom for anyone watching it's on YouTube exactly what I said. It, they don't have any Space Marine stuff for Aeronautica. Are you sure? Okay. Usually I'm fairly, yes, I'm fairly game, confident. In our area, the game, for lack of a better phrase, did not take off. It crashed by the time Space Marines came out. And you have something to say about so, my joke. And, and he's doing this. It up. And you have nothing to say? Not many places had it. I don't think he did the crash on purpose. He absolutely did the crash on purpose. If not, I'm disappointed. 100%. Oh, he did? Oh, God damn it. 100%. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt, too. No, Aeronautica crashed everywhere. Yeah. Um, Which is a shame, because... It was probably a fine game. mechanics. Yes. But it had some imbalances in that first wave. And then COVID happened. And it never really... uh, Yeah, never bounced. Never bounced back. No. It was just a way for them to put out some ships in time for probably this. And then you have... um, Who's doing Dystopian now? What company is it? Uh, War Cradle. War Cradle. They're going to do their own epic and dystopian. Yeah, sure. They showed it driving through a packet of mustard. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. That, I'm sure it will be just like... Uh, yeah, yeah. When Firestorm comes out, they'll also do the epic for dystopian. Yeah. Well, like I, said, I already said Mantic. I'm not. They were about to do their own epic. And then GW is like, hey, we got epic. And they're like, all right. Like, why bother? Yeah, we... <laughs> but the dystopian... War Cradle's probably been working on that for a few years. And they probably can't just scrap it monetarily it's probably more of that way but give us firestorm a mod and maybe we'll talk all right back to 30k so 
goal for tonight, we are going to see exactly how far we get through with these uh, prior marks. So um, for anyone who didn't watch the first part, watch the first part, then come back and watch this. But for this, the overall idea is we're tiering these. Um, the tiers doesn't mean you must have them versus never absolutely take them, but we have to come up with our sort of thought process. We do have a rule. Our rule is there must be at least two per tier because otherwise you're going to get almost everyone in the middle. You got to put someone low because someone's got to be worse than someone else. So for this, um, one, you can see up on the screen what we have so far. We went through the first 10. Um, well, it's first uh, essentially up to the 10th Legion, not 10 of them, because there's a skip obviously in there. But we're looking at S being, you know, the idea of you are absolutely wonderful. You do a lot for your Legion. You have a lot of great rules. You're really good fighting. You're really good versus other, say, other Primarchs, that sort of thing. As you go down, we're changing exactly what we look at. When you get to level of B, we kind of talked about as maybe you're just a beat stick or maybe you're more just support, but you're kind of not doing both. C, you're not necessarily doing both either that great. D, we're having a hard time fitting you. So like when we put Ferris Manus down there, it's not that he isn't good as a fighter, because all of them are. It's not that he doesn't have good stats. They all do. But compared to the others, we just don't feel like he does enough for the army, does enough stuff on his own, and all those sort of facets. So we're ranking them off of how they fight, how they can fight each other, how they fight in general, the units that they help, what they do for the army, the units they can go with, like Perturabo was helped by the fact of what his retinue essentially can be. So that's sort of what we're looking at. Now, there was a request from one of our listeners because um, we previously discussed the primarchs, but that was a bit ago and thoughts will have changed. Um, to go a little bit more depth when we do these, just in case someone's a bit newer, they don't have to go back to a much older video and then watch this to see maybe where people fit. So a little bit more of um, like we did with Kurs. Hey, what kind of units do they work with? How do they kind of fit? Rather than just saying they fit their army well, can we get a little bit more detailed of how? So we're going to try and do that here. That's also why we think this will probably end up being three parts. I don't think the third part will be that long, but I don't think we're going to get through 13 of them. It's already almost 930 at night, and I like to sleep because tomorrow morning, uh, someone's supposed to come and take my old broken up jalopy car at like 7 in the morning. So, uh, while well, I wait on my new car. So, let's get into this. Now, we discussed before we started that Steve is going to take the first primark. We're on to Angron. We are doing them in order for my own simplicity of the way I actually have these models that you can't quite see. But Steve is going to take Angron. Yep. It's our boy, Angry Ron. Um, so for Angron, he is a 450-point Primark, which is middle of the pack pricing-wise, I feel. He's got movement 8, weapon skill 8, which is on the upper half of Primarchs. Most are in that 7 to 8 range. Ballistic skill 5, which is a little lower than the typical 6. Yeah. Um, strength 6, toughness 6. Wound 6, initiative 6, attack 6. That's all perfectly average, that line, for a Primarch. Leadership 10 and a 2-up save with a 4-up and vulnerable save, which is an improvement over last edition's 3-up save. And it made some people really mad. I thought it was funny. Well, I didn't realize they had a 3-up armor save in the previous one. He had a 3-up in the last oh, edition. Oh, he absolutely did. Yeah, is is it fluff wise? Is he just because he's not wearing much armor? His armor is worse. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I figured. But okay, um, cool. Let's go over uh, what being a Primarch gives him, since we didn't actually explicitly call that out last episode. We did not actually. Might that's a really good thing uh, to call out. Covering super quick. So, as a Primarch, he has independent character, eternal warrior, 
fearless, but with a little special exception that allows him to do evade reactions. As for the FAQ, yes, um, it will not die five up. So at the end of the controlling player's turn, they roll a die. If he's missing one or more wounds, and on a five up, he heals it. Yay. Bulky four and relentless. You're always a character model. You are not affected by rules that negatively modify characteristics besides your wounds count. And you always do snapshots at normal ballistic skill. When you shoot or fight in melee, you allocate the hits, not the owning player. Because the Primarchs are just so precise in everything they do that they could go the stat sergeant's dead with that bolt around. Your Vexilla's dead. And that gives them a huge, huge tip in uh, combat effectiveness. Mm. And then finally, if you have a Primarch in your army, the Primarchs are one. If you have two yeah. Primarchs in your army, I, I, um, I don't even know what you're playing at that point. A lot of you're 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 you're, you're playing uh, Apocalypse, like you guys did the other day. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Well, one of them ha- one of them has to be your warlord. No, like, oh yeah, this uh, this Della Goddess is the warlord because you know the Primarch gave command over to him. No, 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 no. The Primarch, your warlord. But yeah, that's uh, that's a quick summary of the Primarch unit type. Gives them a little bit of durability, some really nice combat tricks with always allocating. Let's get into the special Angron stuff. He is also unique as a subtype, which is really nice. He's a world leader. He's like every Primarch, he has mastered the Legion. He has, he has hatred everything. <laughs> yeah, angry. he should. Hatred everything. He's got Rampage 2, so if he's outnumbered, he gets two bonus attacks. Furious Charge 2 is when he charges. He'll be swinging at Strength 8, which is really good, which is actually Strength 9 with his weapons. So he could break up a tank really effectively. He's locked to the traitor side, and he has his own special Warlord trait, Sire of the World Eaters. Which will give all World Eaters in the same army, including Agron himself, Fumal Pain 6 up, and Adamantium Will 3 up. In addition, you get 3 reactions in the opposing player's movement phase, as long as Angron is alive. Yep. But they can only make advanced reactions, so yep. they can only ever get closer. No withdrawing. Yep, you gotta move right at them. Which, friend, listen, also anyone who means... watched our old video, we we did make a mistake there. We thought it said advanced. It's an advanced reaction. You get to just walk at them. Yeah. That does mean that you can't, uh, for example, intercept. But why would you intercept with guns when you could hack someone up with a chain axe? Seems really inefficient to use bullets. Yeah. That is true because it, it sets the amount you have to three, which is the max you're ever allowed. Um, but it prevents you. Uh, yeah, this does not allow more than three actions to be made in the same phase and may not be further modified by any other ruler effect. And they may only make the events. So. If you had an augury scanner, do you get to intercept? Nope. Uh, that w- but the that augury would be a scanner that counts as three. Rea- but, but it, it says... Adds a re- it adds a reaction. Uh, and it's allowing you to do a reaction. Yeah. It's not advanced, which yeah. you're not allowed to do per Angron. Yeah, because and- Angron says you cannot be modified by any other ruler effect. The augury scanner would be an effect. You can't, uh, you can't death or glory. Yeah. Or do the Zypon interception. Yeah. I, I would say by his wording, you're not allowed useful? to do anything else. 
Augury scanners are still useful because they allow you to ignore the range restriction during night fighting. And they push back enemy infiltrators. But then oh, yeah. again, you're a world leader, so you don't really want to push back enemy infiltrators. And you're doing less of the long-range shooting thing than other legions would, just yeah. for flavor reasons. So, eh, give or take it. I'm going to be honest, I'm um, not impressed. Uh, pain's nice. Well, we still but, have plenty of rules to go through. I know, yeah, I know. Philip, but I'm just saying, Philip automatic... Nice. I, let's, let's see finish his discussion on him first. Right. Right. Philip is nice. Adamantium will is okay. It helps against um, Psykers. But only against wounds inflicted by them. So things that shut down your reactions or pin you are still going to be there. Which kind of sucks. We'll see how the rest of this goes. Mm. His first special rule all to himself is Red Sands. Short version is, he could issue any number of challenges up to his attack's characteristic. So, um, turn one, he could be dueling six people. Turn two, he'd be dueling seven people. Turn three, he'll duel eight people. He could be dueling up to ten models at a time. Which is absolutely insane. He will rip through an enemy bodyguard in no time at all. What is challenge lock? <laughs> exactly. You you can't stop him. He's the juggernaut. It's great. It's This is honestly a really strong rule in a lot of scenarios. You do for those Primarch fights. You do have to be either a Primarch or a character subtype. So if you're chosen warrior, he can't challenge them all. Uh, hold on. Oh, chosen warrior. No, wait, 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 it, it's, wait. Does chosen warrior make you a character subtype? Character. I'm checking that. Right it now. shouldn't. Chosen warrior oh, lets you accept no. challenges is that a, or an is that issue a, like a character. Is that a unit type subtype? No, that's a unit. No, rule, it's a right? special rule. Special rule. Okay, there we are. Yeah. Chosen. Oh. Is that not? No. Oh, there we are. Uh, as, oh no! Okay, so told you. Not, yeah, may issue an exception as if it had the character yeah, type. Yeah, it doesn't make you a character. That means, so that would be the one thing. Uh, if you have chosen warriors, they can technically lock him down. But the combat res that this guy is going to cause is, uh, um, if you're stubborn, maybe not quite as worried. But otherwise, it's it's going to be pretty bad for you either way. Yeah, that's just something to be aware of. You can't necessarily cut through. Everything. I recant my statement. If he hits a bodyguard unit, he's useless. Ish. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, he's still going to give you a really good, um, like I said, uh, a combat res number. However, if they're stubborn, he doesn't cause fear or anything like that. So if you're stubborn, they're just back to their base leadership. Or if they have um, inexorable, if they have like fake stubborn. All right. Tell us about these nails yeah. in his brain. All right. Butcher's nails. Um, so every turn that he's not in reserves. To gain an extra attack on his profile. Yeah, after the first after the, the first round. At, um. Yes. So basically, turn one you have your base attacks. Turn two you have base attacks plus one. Turn three base attacks plus two, and so on. So you know he 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 gets angrier, builds up a rage, gets more attacks. But when you're going to hit him or his unit. You're you're uh, treating them as weapon skill three. Yeah. 
So your militia and solar ox are hitting him on fours. Your regular marines are hitting him on threes. Your um, your legion champions are hitting him on twos. But he's a weapon too late, so he's hitting back at a basic marine on twos. So it's a really interesting uh, situation there with the volume of attacks hitting on both sides. Basically, just damage getting dealt all around. That and and that that's the same thing. What red butchers have. Red Butchers have a little bit different because they have Red Raiding Madman. Yeah, they count as three, like... but they, they they are higher, but you hit them at lower. Is yeah. essentially their rule. Same thing, also weapon skill three. Except since he can join any unit, they make so that his entire unit is treated that way. Yeah. That's the difference. So honestly, just put him in Red Butchers. Yeah, because Ra- no, Raiding Madman. Makes them act as if they're a weapon skill three when they're being targeted, so easier to hit. But um, the to wound roll is at minus one strength for what they need to score, so they're harder to wound but easier to hit. That's the difference as well. Uh, uh, but it is unit entirely well. composed of models with that special rule, so you wouldn't get that. So putting them in red butchers doesn't. Oh, yeah. Help. yeah. So it's still thematic, but you don't get a bonus rule. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. All right. But he's got some weapons. Yeah, we got weapons. We have the Armor of Mars, like I said, to a armor, four up in Vol. Then we have the Gore Father and the Gore Child. They are cha- they are Angron's personal chain axes. They are identical. They are melee specialist weapons with Armor Bane, Murder Strike, and Shred. The Murder Strike is on a three up. So if your strength seven attacks aren't, you know, doing enough damage on a three up is going to kill you, and you're rerolling your ones and twos and whatever else misses. So he's killing dreadnoughts seventy five percent of the time, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. Kill marines all, pretty much all the time. He uh, he will carve a bloody mess through whatever he's uh, hitting. And then finally, we have the spite furnace. It's a plasma pistol, except yep. it's always AP two, and it is master crafted. And it's pistol two. It's at pistol one. Neat. Basically, you're just getting two plasma pistols from last year. All right, so what are your thoughts currently on him, Steve? Because you, you kind of talked about him. I'm going to be a jerk, and I'm going to say that I would rather take Karn. Okay, so so let's... Why? Let's discuss why. So Karn's thing is when he charges, you can't react to his charge. Very true. That's a game-breaking level effect. Angron just beats things. He beats them really good, but he also gets beat in return really hard. So, since he doesn't have extra wounds to offset the fact that he's getting beat on, I'm going to say he's like a C at best. All His right. son does a better job of leading Legion than him in lore and off tape. I'll put him there for now. Obviously, we're still discussing him, but I'll put him there for now. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? That's actually what I was going to say. He's like a C for me. I was going to put him in D, honestly. 
because I'm going to be honest, he doesn't do it for me. Okay, he gives the army six with field no pain. That's good. 17% increase in, in survivability. Adamantium will three plus is cute. Cute. It won't come up much, but when it does, it matters. Yeah, and if you take Psychers, that's a three up invulnerable save against your own perils. So like, stop that. I know, but listen, I'm just throwing. I'm trying to give him benefits here. Um, I mean, he gets Furious Charge too. So when he does eventually charge, because the World Eater advance reaction is really, really neat. Just really quickly, remember that the advance reaction is essentially when someone shoots at you. Uh, you stop that, sh- or uh, you you get feel no pain five up, um, and then you can declare charge essentially. And I think it's just a normal charge. Yeah, it's uh, just a charge roll. Once the shooting attack has been completely resolved, you get a feel get a feel no pain five up. It's just a charge roll. Yeah, so you get to charge when the shooting phase. So he's probably going to end up making a charge. Um, well, the the big thing is you don't shoot him if he's in a range where exactly. you still have that rule. I'm, I'm yeah, advanced reaction available. So if he charges, he's strength eight. So he's instant death and stuff, strength nine. Um, normally strength seven with his axes. Um, murder strength three up, rampage. He's always pretty, uh, he might always be outnumbered. So he's got eight attacks, nine, because he's got two weapons. What? So you're running him on your own then? No, no, no. I'm just saying he's bulky four and what? Uh, Terminators are bulky two, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying to find, I'm just trying to, listen, he'll be, he'll be nine attacks. Or sorry, he'll be uh, eight. He'll be uh, seven attacks normally, and seven strength normally without the buffs. Um, and he's a two up four. He's not even two up three up. I don't know. I, I maybe it's just me. I'm almost wanting to put him in D because, like, okay, does he kill stuff? Absolutely. Anything he touches will literally explode. Hell, he'll explode tanks. What is he? Strength seven, right? Ignoring, let's say he doesn't charge. No, but he has to charge tanks because tanks can't charge him. So let's say he charges tanks. He's strength seven, eight, nine. Strength nine with armor pain. What is that? Two d six. Yep. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's getting through murdering your tanks. tanks. He is punching with an iron warrior melted gun. Yeah. So like he's murdering tanks. He's murdering. That's not. He has no problem with that. And I have no problem with taking him as a whirlwind blender. But like he doesn't like do anything else. Right? See, Am I just? Is it just me? Like no, I feel bad. So, so what I will say is, I wouldn't put him in D. And the reason why, if I look at where Ferris yeah. Manus is down there, um, fair one, Ferris Manus is you know don't get me wrong, he, he's good against spots, but in terms of fight v fight, if we're not thinking pure Primarch, so we're fighting Primarch v Primarch, um, he's not as strong versus Primarchs because they don't care about murder or strike, you know, like. Yeah, okay, they, they're, you know, wounding for sure, but it's not doing you much else good. It's not, you're not actually, you know, instant-deathing people. So, you know, Ferris Manus might be the better Primarch fighter overall between the two. But if I'm thinking about fighting anything else, I do think Angron's better, just in general. Um, especially because he can get more and more attacks and he has the strength he can go against anything once, you know. I, I, I think he will kind of win it out over that. But the other thing is, what he has, his sire rule does help. The six of feel no pain is nice because this is an army that usually gets whittled down as they rush in. And like you said, this is an army where some of your models are like red butchers. I'm easier to hit, but harder to wound. So having a little bit more survivability there helps. I think the part that might hurt it a little bit is the fact that he forces you to have three advanced reactions in the movement phase. Because there's times you want to intercept and you want to do these other things. And by their wording, you can't. 
or there's times you might want to fall back because you need to get to a spot to then do something else. There's reason, you know, reasons why you might want to do that. Um, what I would surprise he doesn't have is a bonus to charge. I mean, he's move eight, so he okay. gets plus one. Yeah, but that's oh. a one. Like a lot <laughs> no, of things have a plus one. Yeah, Contemptors have the rest that. of his unit has it as well. Yeah, I'm just surprised he doesn't have anything in addition to that. Um, like when I think of the um, the rights of war, I, you know, the one that forces charges. I think that's the one he probably wants to be in because that one adds distances. So then you are getting these extras to get in because I could kind of see like. He's only really good in combat. He's not doing that much else for you. And that time you roll the charge and miss, and there's no rerolls in this game, you know, it's a five-inch charge and you roll a three and you're just done. Like, that's super, super feels bad. And also in that right of war, because one of the problems with the uh, Berserker Assault right of war is you can't double up attackers. So you can't send two units into the same thing or if one's already in. His unit will never need support because he can take out any characters that are there if there are no characters left, you know, because ideally what you wanted to is rush in on your turn, kill their characters, but not have them fail. Then the following turn, you can precision strike everything, pretty much everything, because their characters are hopefully gone. And that means with your three up, essentially instant death with AP two automatically, you're probably taking them down. So um, I think his fight ability keeps him out of D no matter what. I think he's, okay. he's too I'd good of a fighter C. to put him in D. Absolutely. Right. I'd say C. I'd say C. I was hesitant about D, but I, I, I'm a hard C. I would not put him higher than C, though, in my opinion. At all. The only thing keeping him alive when he's not fighting other Primarchs is his initiative six. Yes. That's literally the only thing keeping him alive. If he was initiative four or even five, he would get torn to shreds by everything in the game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you'd want something that has, you know, because he has a good weapon skill, other things with good weapon skills, but, oh yeah, but he counts as three, so it exactly. doesn't even matter what his weapon skill is. Yeah, I just thought about it. Yeah, his weapon skill being eight is good for him, but doesn't help the other side. So yeah, he's going to get hit a lot. Are hitting him and his units on things. So if he charges into something that he can't wipe out fast enough, and it swings back, he can take a lot of hurt really quickly. Yeah. He's very subjective to the I charge. That's why I don't rate. Yeah, no, I agree. That's why you don't rate him higher. He, he, all, all, almost every unit wants to be the one who charges, but he feels like he's very much disadvantaged if he doesn't get the charge. And unless you're taking the right right of war, it's never a guarantee. Even then, it's not a guarantee. It's just much more likely. But um, I agree. I think I think C's a C's a decent spot for him, for what he does. All right, um, that takes us to Dan to talk about one of the ultimate um, tactical elements you can put in your army. If Hope's, your army hopefully. happens to be uh, baby, let's blue. see how he is. All right, well, uh, tell us how one he of the more is. boring. That's sadly one of he the more boring the models, though. Yeah, well, sadly one of the more boring models, I will say. But let's see. Let's see. Uh, One minutes, second. Which is why I get super silent at the end. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, so we are back. You probably heard the dance of that bit. So I, what happens is I pause in between to make sure that we've read up on them first. Dan says he's ready to go, so let's have him go. Yeah, I cheat while they talk. 
So, uh, Rabute Gilliman. I think yeah, it is Rabute, right? Yeah, it's Rabute. Yes. Okay, good. So, Rabute Gilliman, um, literally the the ultramarine himself, also at 40K. Um, So, movement eight, standard product. Weapon skill seven. So, I mean, okay. Worse than others. That's a low uh, skill for Primarchs. Oh, that's a low? Oh, yeah, okay. 8 is high. 7 is, eight is, is the general no, eight low. 8 is mid. 9 is high. 7 is general. Uh, n- 9 is nine, 9 is rare, though. When you think of most of them... 9 yeah. is exceptional. Yeah, you're looking at... Most are 7 or 8. Okay. okay. Right, no one's at 6, right? Okay. That would be funny. Um, so weapon skill 7, ballistic skill 6, strength 6, toughness 6, 6 wounds, initiative 6, 6 attacks, leadership 10, 2 of saves. So very standard across the board. Should be. He's Rabute. He has a Primarch, of course. Um, special rules. So, of course, he's Ultramarines, Legion of Stardis, Master of the Legion. He does have Adamantium Will 3 up, which other Primarchs do not have. Uh, he's got Preternatural uh, pre- pre- Strategy. Preternatural. Preternatural. Preternatural Strategy, which is a special we'll talk about later. Calculating Swordsman, which is another strategy we'll talk about later. He is, uh, and Sire of the Ultramarines, so the Warlord. So, not a lot of special rules on him, actually, no. which is funny. Now, I will say his War Gear is very interesting. Because other than the specialized stuff like the Armor of Reason, Gladys of Candor, Hand of Dominion, the Arbitrator, Cognis Signum, is that a special one or is that something? I feel like that's a normal that's Legion a thing. That's right? standard War Gear, right? Yeah, it's standard War Gear. Remind it's me great. what Cognis Signum is. He gives up shooting, his unit gets night fighting, and plus one ballistic skill. Yeah, it, it's right. Yeah, it's what you're. Um... Night fighting is very strong. As you remember, it shuts down. Evasion reaction because you yes. can't shroud oh, against night fighting weapons. What's the shooting centurion? I have one. I can't think of it right now. Not the Armistos, uh, but no uh, Armistos. No, the Armistos so has a cognitive signal. Or the um, yeah, Armistos has it. You give it to Tech Marines. Yeah, and it's also on the Master Signal. That's the other one. Um, also, Dan, you will not be surprised, or maybe you will be. Um, there is a prime market weapon skill six. Oh God, who is it? Is it Ferris? Don't tell me it's Ferris. We already did Ferris. Ferris was not six. Okay. Oh, God. Who is it? Who do you think it is? You'll find out. Is it fucking Logar? Yeah, of course Don't it tell is. me it's Logar. It is oh, Logar. Oh, my God. How does he suck so much? Okay. We'll get to, I hope we get to Logar. Like, how does he... His, we'll talk about him. His only Divining Phoenix was he could summon shit. All right. We'll talk. Okay. Oh, my God. So, let's talk about his Warlord Train. I'm so bad. Oh, that angers me. So um, he is Sire of the Ultramarines, which is his Warlord trait. All models in the Legion of Stardust Ultramarine Special Rule uh, gain the plus one to their leadership characteristic to a maximum of 10. So plus one leadership is nice. They don't, uh, it's weird that they don't use his leadership. I'm yeah, surprised that I'm he, surprised that he didn't it. just give, give him his. Yeah, they did That's not, a surprise one. But plus one leadership is, I'll take it, that negates night fighting the first turn, stuff like that. Okay. Um, uh, while he's on the battlefield and not in reserve or as a casualty, also, in addition, at the start of the battle, before any models are deployed onto the battlefield, an army with their boutique element as the warlord must select one of the following phases, movement, shooting, or assault. For the duration of that battle, an army with the boutique element gains an additional reaction in the chosen phase as long as he's not removed as a casualty. I like that. Yeah. The plus one leadership is... is one thing not... to note, the other Primarchs give the leadership bonus space on line of sight. Yeah, he, does he does not. not. Yeah. Everyone Ooh. gets his. You don't have to like see him. Ha- like okay. Imperial Fists had to see Dorn because okay. you know they don't know what to do with themselves when their father's on a wreck. I will say Same as a side deal note, with uh, the lion. So mm. this is more of a personal preference, and I know not everyone does this, but I do like and I know that in 30k it's true line of sight. I kind of hate that sometimes because GW they make amazing terrain, but they're always windowed. 
right? Mm -hmm. So I do like adopting the 40K terrain rules into 30K, which is you can't shoot through buildings, essentially, unless you're inside of it, right? Or else, if you're playing Dorn, everyone sees Dorn. Congratulations. Everyone gets that rule. Versus, oh, no, I can't see through a building. You know what I mean? So depending on how you play, I like house ruling, you know, not being able to see the terrain unless you're in it, right? Um, Using that as my house rule, I prefer this a lot more than to Dorn. You have to see them. Does that make sense? Otherwise, this is less impressive, in my opinion, because on boards, let's be honest, GW terrain is very, very windowed. And Dorn's on a big, big freaking base. You're going to see him. So it, it depends. I'll put it this way. It depends on the board. Uh, but I do like the choosing your extra. Uh, I do like the choosing your extra. Because you mostly want to choose shooting. Dorn does not need line of sight, but the lion does and Fulgrim does. Okay. Oh, okay. So so Dorn is not line of sight locked. It's oh, character locked. Okay. Character locked. Sorry. So, but anything that's line of sight, like I said, it's it's you're going to get it anyway unless you play like house, house rule the terrain. That's what I'm saying. This one is nice just because it's plus one no matter what. Uh, and then the plus one you get to choose, I like. You can tailor it to what you play, which makes sense fluff wise. I mean, you're mostly going to choose shooting because of how the ball terrains spray, but maybe you want assault. I don't know. It's up to you. I like it. You get choices. Um, all right, let's talk about it. He only has such he has less special rules, but they're very long. So, Predinatural Strategy. <clears throat> At the start of the controlling player's turn as the active player in which Rabute Gilliman is on the battlefield. This includes when he's embarked on a transport, by the way, or in a building. The controlling player may select one of the following options, but you may not select the same option twice in a row. However, each option may be selected more than once in a single battle as long as it's uh, not in a successive turn. So again, you can choose them multiple times, but they can't be chosen one after the other. So you have to space them out. The effects of the options are applied to all models in the army with the Legion of Stardust Altering Special Rule, including Rabute Gilliman, um, but not any with the vehicle unit subtype. So basically, this includes everyone except vehicles. Like dreadnoughts are included, bikes are included. Hmm. Um, dreadnoughts aren't vehicles, are they? No. No. They're dreadnoughts. No. Okay. They're, they're, not dreadnoughts. Classes, um, they're not classes of vehicles. Yeah, they're dreadnoughts. And last until the end of the controlling player's next turn. So it's, you start it, you choose the next one when you go again. Uh, you can get Fleet 2. You can get Counter-Attack 1, you can get Furious Charge 1, or Stubborn. So we'll go back to why I like this a lot, but let's keep going. Calculated Swordsman, when fighting the challenge, Ramute Gilliman may reroll all fail-to-hit rolls of 1 on the second and all subsequent rounds of the challenge. Okay, so even the challenge, he survives the turn, now he can reroll once. Uh, he's got a 2-up armor save and a 4-up invulnerable save. However, this is interesting, the first invulnerable save failed by Ramute Gilliman in each separate phase of the battle may be re-rolled. Mm. So if you get shot in the movement phase and you fell in invulnerable, you can re-roll it. If you get shot in the shooting phase and you fell in invulnerable, you can re-roll one of them. If you get shot in the charge, I believe really charge is a phase, no? Uh, it's part of assault. It's part, yeah, I think it's part of assault. 40 the assault, they're separate phases, not here. I know, it did, I, that's what I was going to confuse. Yeah. But in the assault phase, you can re-roll. So that's Beautiful. I love that. He's got his Gladius and Candor and Hand of Dominion. This is a melee weapon and a melee weapon. Um, you could, what is it? Uh, in place, all models attack with the chosen profile. Yeah, you, you uh, choose one and, weapon, yep. but you and do you get, get the plus, plus one, one for having two specialists. Exactly. So really, he's actually attack seven. Okay. So you can choose to swing at strength plus one. So strength seven, AP two, 
Shred, Melee, Murder Strike, Five Up, Mastercrafted Specialist, Murder Special. So Shred, Murder Strike, Five Up at Strength 7 AP2. Or you can go unwieldy and just punch a, <laughs> punch a bitch at Strength 10 AP1 Brutal 2. Ugh. Mastercrafted. Yeah. <laughs> but he said unwieldy. So if you need to go early, you use the other weapon. Yeah. It is Brutal 2. So it's, it's, it's nice, nice. He also has a weapon, a pistol, uh, not a, not a pistol. It's like a wrist gun. Yeah, it's it's in it's, it's in the fist. Gun. It's a bolter. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a big boy bolter. Strength six. He's got. Have you three. ever seen the model? Yeah, it's a giant fist. Yeah, <laughs> salted to rending five up master crafted. All right, so I don't know what I want to put him in B and A or A. Um. So he's not a great, well, I mean, he's a good fighter. Not a great fighter, but he's a good fighter, right? The rerolling the first invulnerable is actually sneakily, scarily good. You put him in a squad, you can tank with him a little bit. Like, that's sneakily annoying, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Like, oh, no, I'm getting hit with last cannons. I'm going to roll on him until I fail one. Reroll it. Oh, I keep going. And then I fail again. Oh, okay. Russ is going to this. Like it's, it's, That's it's nice not how allocation works, no. Dan. What happened? You have to keep you allocating one them? model. He takes it until you die, or that damage profile's pool bin has been emptied. Yeah. Once the pool is empty, then the next time you can go to someone else if you're an independent character. But you can't stop mid. But the last cannon pool. When you say pool, you mean the last cannon pool. Yes. You mean the entire turn. Well, well, here's oh. why I say pool because I have a Uh-oh. squad of. Veterans with combi plasmas. You have bolter ah, hits, okay. you have plasma hits, and you have breaching plasma hits. Each of those forms its own pool. So you can see the breaching plasmas go on Gulliman. The non-breaching plasmas go on the squad. Yeah. And then the bolters go wherever the, the hell the bolters exactly. Okay, yeah. no, that makes sense. But he still gets to reroll that. You could still divvy yep. to him. The yes, R-20, you can. You get to reroll one bolter. Okay. Um... I mean, so he kind of good. I honestly, though, this right here might bump him to A for me. Just the preternatural strategy. It's not he buffs his squad. He buffs the whole army with this hmm. fleet two. So that's literally plus two to their run. Hang on one second. Um, All right. So as you were saying. Ah, sorry. So um, fleet two is massive. That's plus two to charge or plus and plus two to run. Right. So. That's pretty damn good. For so it gives you plus on buff. charges? I think so, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't have fleet for and charge. Okay, just make a choice. All right, so that's I don't have fleet. Charge. Nothing. All my stuff is slow. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have fleet either. Go White Scars do fleet on their special stuff. All right, good for them. Yeah, so and like... Dan, and, Dan loves his White Scars on. <laughs> Shut the... I'll be, I'll be doing White Scars in Epic. Um, so fleet plus two to charge is great. And remember, if we remember a lot of their special units are skin, like Suzerians are <laughs> at initiative power axis, please. So having a plus two to charge is massive for the entire army. Or counterattack one. Oh no, I'm playing world leaders. They're gonna charge me. All right. I know they're gonna charge me this turn. Let's switch it to counterattack one. Or I'm gonna charge. Let's give everyone plus one strength. Or just it's just stubborn. Across the army, and that of course goes with this plus one leadership to the entire army. So now all of your marines with sergeants are stubborn leadership nine, and I believe your veterans would be stubborn leadership ten. Yeah, your suzerains are at stubborn ten now. Yeah. Oh, are suzerains nine? They're nine. Or are they ten? Yes, they're nine. Oh wow! 
that stubborn leadership tends suzerains. Uh, what are these? Oh my god, what are the stupid ones called? Fulmentaris. What are they? Leadership nine or leadership ten? Uh, Fulmentaris are eight for their uh, Curion, so their leader. So it makes them a nine. If he's there, otherwise it makes nines. him an eight. Yeah, nine. So, so they're, inexor- would- they're inexorable naturally, yeah. so they essentially have stubborn, oh, but it means if you stubborn. put a character in there that you don't have that problem. Because remember, for inexorable, exactly. everyone has to have the rule, and your character may not. Yeah. So honestly, I might even bump him to A just for this sl- for his warlord trait and preternatural strategy, because uh, and the armor of reason. Calculated swordsman is cool. Don't get me wrong. Wait, hold on. No, you it's not that good. Rolls of- one so he re-rolls ones and he could also re-roll a two because it's master crafted so okay it's essentially almost full re-rolls unless you roll all twos but the calculating swordsman only helps if he's still in the challenge in the after challenge, the first exactly, round which means he's in a challenge probably with a primark or something like that because otherwise there's a decent chance he's taking them down we're well, not a perfect chance Pretty but true. a lot of other models he'll have taken out yeah or at least you would so, hope I he mean, would, unless it's like a yeah. Praetor or something. So maybe. Armor of Reason, with Armor of Reason being what it is, mm-hmm. deceptively tanky. Preternatural strategy buffing the entire army together. This is not just, you know, infantry. This is straight up bikes. But hell, is this even land speeders? Are land speeders vehicles? No, they're they're Land speeders are cap. Yeah, the cap. Yeah, yeah, so this buffs your land speeders. This buffs your, um, your, your bikes. This buffs your jet bikes. This buffs your dreadnoughts. Oh my god, Dreadnoughts with Furious Charge 1. Aren't Dreadnoughts Fists 9? Mm-hmm. Yes. Brutal but 3? So now they're brutal. Does, you know, go ahead. Go ahead, I, go ahead. The order of oper- I forget the order of operations. No, no, it's you add, you add it after. I, it should, but it would be because added afterwards because you always multiply the 9. Weapon, not a no, no, it's a strength 9 weapon. weapon, so it'll stack to strength 10. But does it? I gotta check. What, why wouldn't what, it? Why would why wouldn't because it? a dreadnought is not strength nine. A oh, because the weapon oh, is. Yes. Right you're right. Because no, they're, right you're right. Their weapon gives check. a set strength. Their weapon doesn't increase their strength. I got it here. Uh, no, Steve's right. Has the bonus to the strength characteristic up to the end of the phase. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So, so it's still stuck. It's at nine. Yeah, it doesn't help. Oh, okay. But the fleet okay. does. I was gonna say super. But the fleet does both. So honestly, I that put gives him in total plus three to charge. Yes, with the fleet. Yeah, honestly, I'd give him an A, because even though we're not, I'm not too calculated. Swords is, is is nice but useless. His weapons are he nice. Is a, he is an army buff. Yeah, he yeah. is literally what he plays as. I think this is probably the best army buffer we've come across. Overall, so yes. Legion trait, his legion trait buffs shooting because they do the tau marker light thing. Yep. And then he buffs the melee. So then as a whole, they do everything. Everything. Yeah. And then remember, they're shooting the scary and the melee is scary. They hold themselves quite well. It's it's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to smile at this. He actually works almost perfectly with his legion. I mean, I know that's stupid fluffy and kind of, but literally. But not, not all is, of them do. So it, it's, not, I know, that's what I'm it's saying. not a dumb thing to say because some of okay. them really don't. It, it just fit. sounds stupid. It sounds stupid to say, if that makes any sense. Like everyone should work with their legion, but he literally does work with their legion. They're very good at shooting because they have, again, the Tau marker light thing. To remind people, essentially when you shoot something, right, any other person shooting it adds plus one to the result. Um, was it plus one to the hit, I believe? Yes, plus if one were, if, of shooting that thing. If they're within six inches, six the inches. next thing, shooting the same target within that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, 
I like him a lot, actually. I thought I was gonna be not gonna be wowed by him, but he does. I mean, he buffs the army, and which is what he's supposed to do, and he buffs it where he needs to. Yeah. He buffs their melee. Um, I the, like him. I put him an A. The, the, the other thing, the other thing I see when I look at it, because I also want to take a look at other bits they have. Um, yeah. Obviously, Suzerain are a great spot for this guy because there's a close combat sort of thing. Or if you want him in more of a, a that's probably your best bet unless you want him in more of a shooting thing because you're worried about people getting into, say, your Fulmentaris or anything like that or one of your other units. Uh, their Rite of War, um, the Logos Lectora, that one is actually really good for him because that one gives you potential of more move or more leadership, which that gets almost everyone then in your entire army to tens because of him. Um, you can oh, yeah. you can buff the Retribution Strike if you use that and you take some of these things with... Um, yeah, that gives you extras on your charge rolls and attack hits and things like that. Now you're working that with, say, Furious Charge. You have that. Or Counterattack, because it's a turn where you know you're going to be the one getting hit instead. Um, so he even fits very well, because that's their only right that they have. That one right of war. And there's not a lot of restrictions on that right of war if you take a look at it. Uh, you have to take an extra HQ choice. That's fine. Uh Excuse me. Uh, of a little bit of other things, you essentially can't come in in special ways, but you don't need to. So I think he can do a whole lot for you. I'm, I think I'm fine with him at A. I don't know if that's where I was going to put him originally, but I, he can Same fight here. Yeah, he, he fights really well. He doesn't necessarily. He's not really a Primarch killer, but that's fine. Not everyone's going to do well versus Primarchs. He's not terrible versus other Primarchs, but he, you know, he's, you know, he's he's not breaking it anything like that. Um. Actually, do Fulamentaris naturally have a Cognus Signum? No. I right? was just going to say, I wouldn't even put him with the Caesarean, believe it or not. They have night fight. I put him, I put, no, I put him with like a 10-man, I put him with a 10-man last cannon squad. Screw it. Oh, they have he a weird shoot. targeter. What's their targeter do? Oh, they're, oh, oh yeah, their targeter gives them, yeah. Um, I have it right here if you want. Yeah, they may not. They, it makes them not move and get guided fighter and night vision, but they can't move then, and Again, the unit would... then can't react other than interceptor overwatch. If he's say with them, they get all the bonuses and none of the minuses. So now and you have you these guys who are walking shooting. across the board. And here's the well, funny part: oh, guided no. fire. So they here's have funny... straw line <laughs> Yeah, that's well, okay. I was gonna say the the funny part is like. Um, Oh no! I have to give up my shooting on Gilliman. Okay, but now they're what plus one ballistic skill and does ballistic skill six make you reroll? Reroll the sixes. Yeah, rerolled ones to so, sixes. Sixes. I mean, shit on a shooting unit like that. Yeah, please. That's yeah. I yeah. like him. I put him in A. Yeah, he's got two great units to go into depending on what you want them to do. He works really well with their main right of war that they have. And he buffs the entire army in very useful ways. So, no, I, I think A works. Just, you know, don't don't make him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of these other Primarchs because that ain't going to go so great. No. No, it will not. Um, but, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on him before we leave him behind? All right. We are now on to Mortarian as we approach here into the Death Guard. So we're looking at the 14th. So for Mortarian, 425 is a little cheaper than some of these other uh, Primarchs. Um, move 7, Weapon Skill 7. He's 
Seven strength, seven toughness, seven wounds. So he has that better strength and toughness. So most of these guys have been sixes. So he's a bit better. His, his blitz goes only six. That's fine. Doesn't really matter so much. Initiative five. So he's actually one of the slowest Primarchs. He's not even beating out Praetors. Um, with six attacks, uh, ten leadership, two up save, of course. Um, one bit of war gear to mention here for him, the special is he's carried seven Phosphex bombs. Um, Phosphex bombs, they're the small blast AP, strength five AP2. Is that correct? Sound. I'm assuming it's a ranged weapon. Yes, it's oh, a ranged I'm weapon. It's a ra so, yeah, you throw a Phosphex bomb. I got you. Hold All right. On. Well, he's checking that. I'm pretty confident with that fact, but Dan's going to tell us. Wait, I got sure. it. I got it. Okay. So, yeah, six inches, strength five, AP two. I mean, strength five, but it's poison three up. Uh, crawling fires, you can shift it, lingering yep. death, so it stays there. And yeah, it's blast three up. Yep. So, five, two. Yeah, so he has seven of these. And keep in mind, you can do this then on intercepts, reactions, all of those sort of things, as well as just your own shooting. Um, so he has bulky six. He's even bigger. Uh, his will not die is a four up instead of the normal Primarch five up. He does have fear too. So this is one of the Primarchs that actually has fear. He has a base adamantian will of three up and a hatred of psychers because he absolutely does hate psychers. Um, both of those rules, nice to have, but not so big. And then his other bits that he have are related to his special rules. So we look at his Warlord trait, being the Sire of the Death Guard. Um, all of your models on your side that are fully Death Guard, that are in his army, including him, they ignore all the penalties to their leadership caused by fear and shell shock. And when locked in combat, they suffer no penalty to their leadership due to casualties suffered during an assault. So you can still... Um, you can still lose an assault, but you don't take any penalty from it. Is Would that be correct, then, actually? You suffer yeah, no penalty well, of the characteristic due to casualties. So, yeah, because you would still yeah. resolve the number, figure out the number, but you're not at the minus. So what happens if something gives you, like, plus one to oh, plus one, um, like, wounds? Yeah, essentially they're stubborn. I think it's it's effectively just stubborn, so but they, they don't go up either. Yeah. Oh, no, no penalty. They can't. So they effectively just have stubborn. Um, and then you get an extra uh, reaction in the assault phase. Um, uh, not bad. This is an army that's probably more of receiving the charge because the idea is it's slow and methodical. Remember, their main war, uh, their trait is the fact that they don't get slowed, assuming you're not doing runs and stuff like that. If you're just walking naturally, you don't get slowed down, and you always count as stationary. So you are slow and methodical death marching forward. So those abilities fit that very well not getting your leadership removed or anything like that, you're going to stick around. You're not getting afraid. You're not scared away. Um, his play obviously gives him the two up, four up. So he has those as saves. Shadow the Reaper is one of his more interesting things. So he can't be on a transport. He can't be in reserve. And he can't be in a combat or in a retinue unit. Because keep him, what's about to happen, he's about to hop away. You're not allowed to leave retinues. That's why. So as long as that's the case, in your shooting phase... Instead of him shooting or throwing a bomb at someone, he can essentially pop off the board. Excuse me. Um, it's an, this will count as an alternate form of movement and cancels the benefit of their special rule. So in other words, slow by terrain, stuff like that. And doesn't tenderly count as stationary at all points. Um, he leaves, pops back up in 10 inches, but he has to be, he has to be able to fit and outside of three of the enemies. Um, he can't be put in, you know, inside of vehicles or buildings or passable terrain. Normal jump, essentially a 10-inch jump pack for all intents and purposes, but he ignores everything in between. 
Um, afterwards, he is allowed to charge, but it counts as disordered. For him, not getting the plus one attack, basically fine. Um, his preternatural resilience means that poison rending and fleshbane only hurt him on sixes. That's very similar to Blood of Barbarous, which is one of the Warlord traits. Um, and he has his weapon Silence, which is his essentially large scythe that he carries. Plus one to his strength. Remember, he's a little stronger than some of the other ones. He's a base strength seven, so you're looking at base eight, AP two. It's instant death, sunder, it's two-handed, and he has reaping blow two. So as long as you can base more than one model, you're actually going to be sitting on eight attacks instead of his standard of six. You're just not going very, very fast. Um, he also has the lantern, which is his shooting attack. It's strength eight, AP two. It's one shot, it's sunder, and it is 18 inch range though. So actually it's a pretty good range. And remember, Primarchs are allowed to call their shots, so you can call the shot into something that you really want, or Sunder, you have a shot at some of these vehicles. Not super heavy vehicles, but some of the more midline. Um, Alright, so for him overall... I mean, so I, I play Death Guard. <clears throat> I, I think he is... I think overall he's rather good. Someone having instant death base is great on a weapon, because that means you're going to do very well against just the standard things that are there. Um, if you're not taking him in a retinue, personally, I'd probably take him with some death strat or something like that, but if you're not taking him in a retinue, then him being able to jump around on the board is actually really useful. Have a unit for him to get close with, he hops out of the unit, they go do something else. He goes and handles a light, uh, whatever unit he wants, just don't pick someone who moves real fast, because you're only initiative five. That's his really big downside. He does have the extra toughness, that most of the other Primarchs don't have. But most things that could actually hurt him go before him. His weapon skill is 7, which is going to help you out. In this game, the weapon skill being any bit above is actually huge. So, like, a Praetor can do damage to him because he's not beating out the Praetor in terms of initiative. But the Praetor's not the better weapon skill than he is. So, you have that sort of as your trade-off. Um, if they happen to have Psychers, he's, you know, good related to that, though. I'm not too too concerned with that. His warlord ability, I guess it is really good because I, I I would say some of the problems I've had in my death guard, you know, being able to always count as you know stationary as long as you're not doing anything more than naturally moving, is very 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 strong because if you have heavy weapons now you can literally hide them first turn and walk them out and start firing at people and you can rearrange yourself as you want you can do this also with vehicles all the vehicles won't won't go towards this i would say if you're wanting a more foot slogging list that this does you a whole lot of good and i was thinking b part of my reason for b is because i know at least the way i run them i put a decent amount of vehicles because things like Scorpion, Scorpios, and stuff like that, the fact that they can move and count as stationary, because our rule doesn't care what you are, as long as you're not, um, I think it's artillery, maybe cavalry or something dumb. All the other stuff, it still works on. And getting that better leadership, I've had times where that's where I run into problems, is that, that issue of leadership. So you have a 20-man block of uh, tactical marines firing tons and tons of shots, but someone picks off a few and you fail that leadership and then they start leaving and now you've lost a lot of your combat effectiveness. Not getting any of these minuses, which is usually how you fail, is quite big. However, I don't think he does quite enough for the army to put him much higher than B. Um, I think the faction itself is absolutely tops. 
but I don't think he adds so much to them that maybe it's because the faction's already so good that the extra stuff he does isn't as strong. I don't know what you guys think. I'm putting him in B for the moment. You're both really quiet. I, Neither one of you talking. Um, it's because I'm... <laughs> I, I don't know. So I will say with instant death, that odd, that does make him really good. Not so not for the reason maybe you might have thought of. So a couple of reasons. One, I know I bring him in, but custodies. He doesn't instant death custodies, but now he does. Right? Yeah. So header on guard, aquiline guard, and just normal custodians get swiped by this weapon. They're just dead. And custodians only have a six up in vulnerable. What's or, a, guess, what's a, a custodian's initiative? Uh, initiative five. Okay, so same time. So that yeah. might be a mutual annihilation, depending on what. I mean, they're the Tribune, at. the Tribune gets six, uh, He can go up to six because he's in a challenge. But honestly, like the, you, you wipe whatever you hit them, and that's very dangerous. Like header on guard, only get a six of the vulnerable. Yeah. So sure, I get to get my swings in, but you will kill every single one of them. Um, but also Mechanicum. Robots, they just don't last against this dude at all. Myrmidons do not last up against this dude. And now I should point out, since demons are new, I am absolutely terrified of this. Because the only eternal warrior in demons is the Archdemon. Both the Sovereign and the Behemoth, they have that weird eternal warrior. Remember, it's like D3 instead of... Um, yeah, they have the similar to what Contemptors have. You just take... Yeah, essentially, yeah. So you're hitting me with instant death. That's D3, that's D3 wounds per thing. And you're already on hitting on what, strength eight? Yeah. So you're wounding me on threes or fours? So, yeah, no. I, I think it's weird because, like, in the Marine armies, you're like, oh, sure, instant death. I'm tough as four. Who gives a shit? I'm strength eight. But instant death naturally into other armies is terrifying. But that being said, I agree with everything else you said. Uh, I think he's a solid B. All right. Uh, Steve, your thoughts? Tell us something with your aliveness. I, I just don't have any strong opinions. He's, he's Martarian. He's Martarian. He's just there. Like he doesn't wow me. Um, like, it's not a bad thing. You know, that might be the best way to put it. He's kind of just there. Yeah. He, he fights he's, he's well. Not bad. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's tanky. Yeah. He won't not dies on a four, so he's a little better at that. So that extra one wound is like... It'll carry him as long as he doesn't get taken out. Yeah, he's he's a bit more survival than other Primarchs in general. Again, some have like three of invul saves, stuff like that. But sort of as, as per stat basis, um, you have good units you can put him in. If you want to put him in a retinue death shroud, if you want to use all of his abilities, though, you'd have to just put him in a different unit. Um, you could maybe put him in Grave Wardens. Otherwise... We don't have a lot of other what you would call close combat. Even then, Grave Wardens are more about shooting than really close combat. They all have Power Fist which, or Chain Fist, which is nice. But when you go last and you don't have the better weapon skill, it doesn't really do you that much. He could even just go and lead whatever squad you want to walk quickly across the board. It wouldn't even matter. Because then he can pop out separate and go take down... I would probably put him into somewhat lighter units just to clear large swaths of board presence. Um... Yeah, I I almost want to have him higher, but I don't think so, because I think what he does is all very nice, but depending on how you run the army, it may or may not help as much. If you're taking a good amount of vehicles, his Warlord trait's not really going to help. If you put him in a retinue because you like you taking your Death Shroud, um, then part of his rules aren't going to help. 
Um, if you're going against something that has a lot of speed, it's, you know, his initiative's not going to help as much. So I, I, I think he's solid B. He's not the best at anything, but he's pretty solid at most things. And he can buff the army. If you are taking, say, like the Reaping, no, then he absolutely jumps huge. But just in normal lists, I think B is fine. All right. That takes care of them. All right. We are now continuing on to Magnus, which this prep took us a little longer because we had to go back through and go through every psychic power. Yep. Tell us about this Uh, expansive fancy man. Well, he is one of the pricier Primarchs. He cannot be taken in a 2K list without a little bit of rule bending. Yep. He is 520 points. When the average Primarch is like 420 to 470, 520 is a pretty noticeable bump. What do you get for this? Well, you get that middling weapon skill of 7. Uh... Blitzing skill 6, and just that average 6 for all the stats. Leadership 10 and a 2-up save. Very, very painfully average on the profile. Um, He is a Psyker. He gets to um, Deep Strike. All of a sudden, he's an S-tier Primark, according to Dan. Um, Deep Strikes, he's... He's got Adamantium, Will, 3-up, so if he fails a Psychic check and takes some perils, he has a 3-up save against it. He has Shrouded, 5-up, which the FAQs say he gets to use because he's a Primarch. So he uh, damage the gate on a 5, which is really nice. And we have a whole bunch of uh, Magnus specials on the rules. So for his Warlord trait, he's going to give all infantry in his his army Adamantium, Will, 6-up. If they already have it, it's bumped by one step. So if it was a 5, now it's a 4. Um, and you get one less Perils of the Warp wound when you Perils of the Warp to a minimum of 1. And you get an extra uh, extra Assault Phase Reaction. Considering the big problem with Thousand Suns is that they tend to accidentally pop their own brains Yep, a lot, that is an exceptionally good buff for the army. It almost makes them playable. I absolutely agree. Oh, yeah. I think they're still a little behind, but it brings them a hell of a lot closer to having a place. All right. Really strong start there. Stats are boring, but that's pretty cool. Um, the Adventure Mill 6 isn't that useful, but the, the perils reduction, that one's huge. That one's absolutely huge. And he's not infantry, so he will not buff himself to a two-up. I already checked asks. that. The moment before you said that, I was like, is this asshole infantry? Yeah, no. I literally went no. there. Primarchs are not infantry. <laughs> uh, I, I just had to put that out there. He's not at Mantium 2. <laughs> all right. So, Arch Sorcerer, he has all the core psychic disciplines. He could choose any weapon or ability from among them. Whenever he's eligible to do a psychic power, he has everything available to him. He also gets to pick a minor arcana each turn and gain the benefits of it. And he automatically passes the psychic checks for the minor arcana. So on top of having all the core book disciplines, he also has the little mini disciplines that the Thousand Suns have. 
So he can buff his invulnerable save. He could get extra impact hits from Hammer of Wrath. He can get extra movement from Pavoni. He could get um You could allocate attacks with Corvette. Don't do that. He allocates yeah. attacks anyway. Yeah, you don't need that. And he could be um leadership debuffing with the Athanian. So he's very versatile. For the core psychic disciplines, the things you'll end up using most are obviously telepathy, because telepathy is just it's just strong. It's just really Yep. Really strong. Shutting Hit. down reactions is strong. Like really strong. Pinning is strong. Having both is strong. There's a healing power. There's healing power and you're going to use it. There is a demon smiting power and you should always use that when Dan's around. Oh, absolutely. No matter what he's bringing, it all counts. No, anything that's forced is instant death for demons. Beautiful. Um, Telekinesis, it's okay. Strength 8 Sunder's cool, but I wouldn't put too much stock in it. Uh, Telekine Dome is interesting for giving a little invul save, but that's not what I would spend him, spend his powers on. No. What I would use it on is probably uh, some Biomancy, get him bonus strength, maybe some bonus toughness. Get him some strength 10 melee attacks with running um, out of four. Steve, he doesn't have a specialist melee weapon, so you actually get plus one attack as well, automatically. Because he's now got two melee weapons with Biomancy. Sick. I love that. <laughs> so he has a very unassuming base profile, but with the access to all the psychic nonsense, he can buff himself quite nicely. That's our Chorcer. He has all the tricks. Um, I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend making yourself a nice set of index cards for each and everything he can do and color code them for what phase you use them in. Because, oh my god, is there a lot. Yeah. I'm sure I, I gave a very brief overview, and I know I missed something that I want to talk about, just because I, I, there is want to do so it in, much. In, in Jivit, Pyromancy. Oh, you have, you know... Oh, yeah, Pyromancy. You, you, you have units that are in 3-up armor saves that I want to clear out en masse. Hey, there you go. Like they, they have... You do have to have a plan in mind of why you might want to pick certain things, because otherwise you might just get analysis paralysis trying to make a decision. Yeah, play on a chess clock. Force yourself to keep it moving. Yeah, especially with him. Like, don't, you know, you get one minute to figure out exactly what he's going to do and then just do it. You'll learn the good and bad decisions as you do it more. That's very true. It's like, oh, man, I remember how useless that power was. I'm just going to not do that next time. I'm yeah. going to try something else. But yeah, that, that's our sorcerer. And to complement that, we have the Eye of the Crimson King. Uh, for psychic powers. He just sees everybody. Yeah. You don't worry about line of sight. Yeah. He just see. He just sees. Them. Don't worry about it. Yeah, as long as they're on the board. So if they're embarked in a transport in a building, mm-hmm. um, then no. But as long as they're physically like there, yeah, you see them. Whatever yeah. the range is, you got it. He has his fancy armor with uh, with, with his fashion statement horns attached to his chest. He has a two up armor, four up invul, and reduces damage from just. Dist- Destroyer type attacks by one because they normally do D3. D3. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's really nice to have. It doesn't help against Primarchs, but it definitely helps against things like Titans. Um, his basic melee weapon is Melee Force Two-Handed. So this will not get bonus attacks. Oh. But it's strength 6, you could double it to strength 12. And it's AP 1. So he could, <laughs> you could put in some hurt there on somebody. Some real good hurt on somebody. But it's not brutal, so it's not that great against Primarchs. Or Dreadnought. Well, no, not against Dreadnoughts either, except Box Knots. It doesn't kill a Box Knot. Not a contender. Um, then we have the Sapphire Serpenta. Um, range 15, Strength 3, AP 2, Assault 3, Deflagrate, and Force. Deflagrate on an AP 2 weapon is incredible. That's Strength 3, don't worry. We're going to make it Strength 6. Yep. That is a strong gun. Now, Deflagrate will not get the benefit of the Primarch rule for allocation because Deflagrate does not get any of the benefits of the unit wielding it when it triggers. I know that for a fact. Yeah. No, I agree. But still, those three shots are going to pop, pop, pop. That's a decent gun. I would consider shooting that when I'm closing into something that has, you know, threatening models. Or, you know, I'll just open up a uh, volcano underneath them and blow them away. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, and I, um, when I talked about Pyromancy, Ooh, it's, it's the particular attack that's the AP3, the Large Blast, which if you pass the check, he puts down three. That's strength six AP4. But you can still take a bunch of um, three-up save models down by having three giant blasts is all it, over them. It's dangerous terrain too, right? Um, I believe because uh, if it's dangerous terrain, that means every single time you move through it, every model takes a check. So that means if you uh, if you move in it, uh, charge in it. No, I don't say it. anything about that. Uh, you scatter well, no, it. You leave it in place in the beginning. Control the next shooting phase. Oh yes, yeah, so it's difficult. Difficult, not dangerous. Okay, then yes. we're, good. we're good. But certain things, certain types of models will count difficult as dangerous. So so that's what I'm saying. So it's it, dangerous doesn't matter because like. You also take it per blast template. Yes. So if you cross through two or three, or if you lay down three on the same spot, they're taking three per model. Yeah. If they if they, if they make difficult dangerous. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So if you're hitting bikes or jump packs, who want to actually jump and all of that. All right. So where are you putting this guy? He. I know he's on the upper end of the scale because of his huge versatility with different powers. I agree. His legion holds him back. Because his okay. legion needs a buff. But him yes. on his own, he is decent. He's. I don't know if he's 100 points, but the Primarch's good. I say, real quick, he but does work well with the Rite of War. He's a good Swiss army. I would say that without his legion, like if his legion was good, he would be an easy A. Hmm. With his legion being not so great, he slides into A minus to B. So, I would be putting him at A, and the reason I would put him at A is um, he has a lot of utility for himself of things he can do. Um, his weapon can be pretty good at you know essentially strength twelve AP one. Yeah, it's not a Mark killer, but hey, not everyone kills Primarchs, um, and, and that's okay. I think the big thing is the biggest downside that we had when we went through this Legion is that their bonus is all of your character models get a minor Archon. Essentially, you get a small psychic power. 
but your leadership isn't that great on those models. And if you fail it, you're just going to lose the model. Well, he helps that. And the fact that he's helping that, as well as, um, I, okay, the, the taking the less wounds doesn't help quite as much, because if you fail it, a lot of these models that you're looking at, your very small ones are only one anyway. Um, you should have given the leadership buff. Yeah, I would have liked the leadership buff more. Um, but you get the adamant time. Well, actually, yeah, his ability doesn't help as much as I would have liked. I was thinking it helped more, but it's no, it does actually get better. That Rogel Dorn is a better boon to psychers than Magnus. Yeah. I, I think he does help the Legion. I think his abilities do. But their biggest problem, they help. he doesn't fix it. Right. Which is very it's fitting with the lore. It's a band-aid. Yeah. If I will... I can, I'm going to add that he does fit well with Guard of the Crimson King, which is his, his kind of that's right the, of war. That's the coward's right of war. No, but I'm to, right. He has deep that's strike. That's the coward right of war. I was checking something. None of them get deep strike in the army. He has no. no. There are no units that have deep strike. Now you get six units with deep strike. Now he gets placed in with let's say. Um, Second. It's always. It's right? always. Sec-man. Yeah, you yeah, probably second. That's what I'm saying. That's what. That's what I'm saying. Now his deep strike actually. Ma- Before I was like, "Why the hell does he have deep strike? This makes no goddamn sense." He doesn't. Is he gonna pour it in by himself? And then I realized, oh, you take guard of the crimson king. Now you got six units with deep strike and fear one. Um, yeah, I'd say a. I would say a. Just on him ignoring the legion because I know the legion was kind of rough. I would say a. Honestly, just for the fact that he has all access to the psychic powers, that's massive. That's super massive. It doesn't say you, you could just switch between reactions and shooting, right? So, like, you could do a shooting reaction one second power and then do a second power in the shooting phase. Sure. So it's not like you're locked to a psychic power. Yeah, so, yeah when making a shooting shooting attack or attacking during an assault, uh, all right, or, so that gives us psychic weapons yeah. and he knows all the disciplines. Oh, wait, even better. Let's say you shoot the unit. He's in. I'm going to Biomancy because Biomancy affects the unit. Okay, so you buy Mancy. Oh, you're going to charge me? I'm going to, quote-unquote, Overwatch. Now I'm going to... I don't know. Uh, what could be good? Something else. I don't know. Point is, like, you can actually, like, screw around with it. You could do it in the shooting reaction, and you could do it in the assault reaction as an Overwatch. Oh, you guys and are he does missing get an, it. he does get an additional you're missing assault phase. Let's see if you Here's what you do. Here's what you do. I'm cooking. I'm oh, I'm cooking. You run him in the Achaean configuration army, the robot psycher one, because he gives plus one the adamantium will of all of your um. Oh shit! No, it's for infantry. Yeah. That's gonna say because they have adamantium. They have adamantium will four on the robots. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have a, a question. I believe Still I know really the good, answer. Though. I just want to make sure I have this right. Um, the game does not limit how much psychic you can do. You're only naturally limited because if you say pick biomancy, it's instead of a shooting attack when you're shooting. Yes. So he effectively, if there is attacks that work at various times, he can use whatever he wants. Let's say he gets two shooting phase reactions, which he doesn't. But yes, that's how that would work. But like, so one of them, like um, Teleconnect Dome is in your movement phase. 
other ones are in your and shooting then, phase. Yes. And stuff like then, that. Yes. Yes. Okay. I didn't know telekinetic dome was in the movement phase. I thought that was in the shooting. And, so that, yes, and he telepathy yeah. is at the start of any phase. Oh, my God. And that's for that phase. So I can do something potentially movement. I can shoot you with a cool pyromancy to blast a bunch of things down. And now I'm about to go charge, or someone else is about to go charge that other unit over there. Uh, I don't think I'll you can react with blasts. Huh? I don't think you can react with blasts. Yes, I'm not reacting. I'm saying literally yes. react with your grad guns, Dan. Yes, you literally oh, do right. that. But no, I'm oh, saying when God. I'm going on my turn, yeah. my movement phase, no, I no. could do something. I could then blast you on my turn. And then, oh, it's about to be charge phase. I'll telepathy down that that unit over there, so my other unit of of something else can go and charge them. Yep. And then, it's the opponent's turn. You can react in the movement phase again. Yeah, for any of stuff that's movement, you have a shooting you, phase. You can react in the shooting phase. You can do biomancy if you get shot, and that lasts for the turn. Like you, yeah, he's actually insanely goofy. Yeah. I'd say uh, A. I'm comfortable with A. Oh, and that's actually big because the way they do reactions, technically, the defender goes first. Which means if you had something like Biomancy, your Biomancy would be going off before they shoot you. Uh, no, I think Biomancy happens after the shot. It says instead of making a shooting attack, the Psyker yeah. does their ability. So you okay. return fire. Yeah, instead return shooting, fire goes first. You make yourself tough. By rules. Return fire goes first. I played that wrong. Yeah, in the rules, huh. it actually, it almost never matters. But Apologies. technically, the defender shoots first. So I thought when I was biomancing my demons, I would take the initial shot, you know, at base. But now I'm buffed for the rest of the turn. But by uh, currently by rule, the way that they've said it, no, because they huh. did say the defender fires first. It's that not. Is... It's it's simultaneous. Here's what's weird. It's simultaneous damage. Yes. But or or they say pull the models, but like don't remove them truly. But the defender actually does go first. That is. Um, okay, I played that incorrectly. Um, I wonder again. If... I don't know if that's their intention, but yeah, that is actually their wording that they've used that is heavily interesting. Uh, i'm looking not for it now to be 100 percent sure see i thought it was the opposite i thought you no. could still biomancy that initial shot was at face because it's simultaneous but then every other nope, shot the after FAQs that made it so that the return fire happens first yeah it's a it's an faq thing the rule book you're absolutely correct but the faqs made you return it first huh I think all of that alone puts him into A for sure. Yeah, I did not. Re so I did not. Re I was already putting him in A already. Yeah, that would solidify him in A for me. Yeah, he, he would be S if the legion if he helped the legion like at all in the way they need. They need a plus to leadership. I would, I would say he's S if the legion was any good. Yeah, if 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 <laughs> if, if they wouldn't if their whole if their whole shtick wouldn't potentially destroy them i would absolutely make him a for sure i want him to be a but i don't think he quite is so uh, so i i mean s i'd like him to be s but he's not i think he's set at a by the way i just checked the psychic rules and you are allowed to use multiple towers as long as you have you know the ability the ability to do so. you juggle them right yeah so if you could shoot two weapons you could do two psychic shooting attacks 
What this means is you could use two psychic melee power-ups to have two melee weapons get the most attack, as long as you're willing to risk the chance that you perils and hurt yourself. Huh. That's so great. you could activate um, the Pyromancy Pyromantic Desolation, which is a melee weapon, and the Biomancy Biomancer's Rage as a second melee weapon. Wait, say that one more time? So there are two psychic weapons that are melee attacks. Yes. Neither of them are specialist weapon or anything like that. The Biomancer's so, Rage. And if what's the other one? He activates Biomancer's Rage and the Pyro- Pyromancy one, oh. Pyromantic Desolation. So as long as you're willing to roll those leadership checks, you could get him the extra attack. I don't is think it there is actually I don't a limit. Think so. No, that's what we're I looking at. I don't think it's worth it. it you're, you're, you're allowed to do it as long as you essentially have different powers to cast. Most people don't. So it felt like you were limited. You're not actually by rules limited. I don't think any. It, it does. It, I mean, it has what? Plus one attack? Yeah. If you're doing that. Mean, seven strong. I ten don't think it's worth it. No. But it's no, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And if you fail one, you could try the other one. Like, oh man, I missed that. Let me try this one. Oh man, I missed it. Let me go and just power up the blade then and just get the strength twelve. All right. All right. Yeah. He's most likely probably gonna go down to you failing psychic tests sooner or later because you're just gonna make him roll so many. I know he's got a three up and he minus one to the wound, but you're probably more likely for him to go down to that than an opponent. Yeah. Hey, I've I've Good run plenty is. of stuff near the I know, Dave. I was just gonna it. say I've seen your rolls. I've seen is. your rolls. Since he's a Primarch, he will not be getting his leadership lowered by fear. Yes, because that would suck. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that does it for yep. them. Yep. All right. We are on to the Sons of Horus. So we're on to the sixteenth here. We are going to be doing. Both uh, Horuses. We're going to do base Horus first, then we'll talk about the other one. And what I'll do is I'll talk about the stats for Horus, and then I'll just go back up and redo the stats for Horus Ascended. Yep. So let's start with normal Horus. Best Primark, 600 points, by the way. Uh, best Primark by far. Movement 8, Weapon Skill 8, Ballistic Skill 6, Strength, Toughness, Wound 7, Initiative 6, Attack 6, Leadership 10, 2 up save. So stat wise, the best Primark. No, he's not. Who's got more wounds than him? Well, but he's not the best in every single thing. There's other ones who are weapon skill eight. There's other ones who have seven wounds. There's ones who beat him on initiative. Other people beat him on initiative. Okay. Yeah, but oh, even yeah, then, right. Matarian had that same amount of wounds. He's not like a weapon skill nine or anything oh, crazy. I didn't say he beat anyone. You said, I said he's, he's the best. The top. He's along. He the has the high numbers yeah. in most things, other than initiative and attacks. I wonder. Who, I don't know. Anyway, so. Uh, he is unique, obviously. Uh, he's got a he's got a cognizant um, hey. <laughs> uh, bunch of special rules. He is master of war, uh, master of weapons. He is deep strike naturally. Um, are his uh, hold on, Starians, Are they talk deep about him? I'll do that. I know. I just wanted to check. No, no I they're not. I could. I could. No, they're not. That's what I'm saying. Um, I just wanted to check. I got it right here. Uh, but yeah, pretty much deep strike is the only non specialized rule i think that's hilarious yes i mean master of the legion obviously but all right warlord trait um <laughs> all infantry units in the same army as horse looper call regardless of faction gain plus one leadership and stubborn 
amazing. It's just that's not backing down. Yeah. Yep. Now, notice he does not get an additional reaction. No, he does not. Also, if you take the but, black re reaving right of war, just Aaron's gets how they get deep strike. Yeah. He does get an additional reaction later, but just the warlord trait does not unlock another reaction. Yeah. And he does it a different way. But yeah, plus one leadership and stubborn, regardless of faction, whoever you bring, and it's infantry. Yeah. No, that's, that's, oof, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's Master of War, so once per battle at the start of any turn where Horus Lupercal is the reactive player, this special will be activated for the duration of the turn. The reaction allotment of the army that includes Horus is increased by one in each phase. So, essentially, once per battle, you declare it, you get an additional reaction in each phase. So, an additional movement, shooting, and assault reaction mm -hmm. for one turn only. Uh, he is the Master of Weapons. So, during the assault phase, or a sloop girl can never be hit by a melee attack on a score better than four, regardless of the weapon skill of the appointment. And in addition, during the assault phase, or a sloop girl may choose to split his attacks between any of the weapons he's equipped with. So that's World Breaker and the Talons, I believe. Yeah. Um, and declaring which attacks will be used before the attacks are rolled, obviously. So he can flip between the two. He has a two up and a three up, which is the best save there is in the game. Um, so he's got two weapons. He's got his World Breaker, which is his massive, massive hammer. So it's Strength 10, AP 2, Mastercrafted, Brutal 2, Sunder, and Unwieldy. So essentially a Strength 10 Thunder Hammer, Mastercrafted Thunder Hammer. Yes. With Sunder. With Sunder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he's got his Talons, which have a shooting attack. Who cares? 24 inches, Strength 5, AP 3, Assault 3, Twin Linked. Um, but... Their strength user, so strength seven, got to go back up yet. So strength seven, AP two, melee, shred, deflagrate. Now, huge. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. deflagrate is uh, on an AP two weapon and shred. <laughs> that's a, that's this kind of, that's insanely scary. Because um, he's got, what, seven attacks? Six attacks. Um, actually, hold on a second. Or that's not specialist. This is not special. So no, he does have seven attacks. Okay. Um, because he has six plus both melee weapons. Um. Yeah, I mean, so let's go. I'm gonna go backwards. Melee wise, he's actually really good. I'm, I'm not even like sure. He's got the hammer. Who cares? Um, I really love that talent. You know, seven strength, seven attacks at AP two with deflagrate and shred. Um, you're mostly hitting on threes or twos, maybe. You're mostly hitting on threes. Most threes. You're wounding on twos with rerolls. Um, unless they have an inbull, they're going to punch through, and then you get to roll again and shred. Can you shred deflagrate or no? No, deflagrate's just wounds at base strength and AP. Yeah. So you they don't get the shred rule from the nope. talent. Okay. Nope. You just you just get bonus. Just wanted to check. Just wanted to check. Still very very almost damn near double his wounds, which is nice. Um, but world breaker is needed when he needs it. Two up, three up, so he's tanky. He can never be hit better than a four plus. I don't know who the hell is hitting. I, who's weapon skill? Have we hit someone who's weapon skill nine yet? Um. Am I crazy? Because even Kabanda is weapon skill eight. And Wasn't he's a, there a way to make an arch demon. 
wasn't there a way to make someone weapon skill nine with a special rule? I, I guess if like they're in a was. challenge. Yeah, yeah, there was a fulgrim, I guess, and the challenge had like whatever that plus one is. That no, that was initiative. That yeah, was initiative? Speed. No, extra attack based on the initiative. I'm trying to remember because I'm pretty was sure it the I know. Lion? That... I have a right here. Uh, uh, lion's an eight. Lion's an eight? Yeah. Oh, oh like... um, no, he can do it because the lion has a sword, and sword means you hit with plus one. So your weapon ah. skill eight to fours. Plus one because of Deathwing, it would naturally be three. So that's what they're stopping. There, there might be some is. other ways, but that's one way. And Duelist Edge is not weapon skill. That's initiative, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. that's initiative. Okay, okay. There we go. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so the lion. <laughs> I was, listen, I okay. I'm going to call that useless. The assault face thing is nice because you could split your attacks. That's really cool. So you can yes. toss some into the initiative one and toss some into the lightning claw. That's great. Yeah. I love that part. The better than plus four, I literally can't think of anything that's weapons combined, unless I'm going crazy. Um, the Master of War, I'm back and forth on. So that means that the army doesn't get an additional reaction until it's once until you do. Yeah. And then it's for that turn every phase. Which <sighs> I don't know if it's good or bad. It's a, I, it's I, a side grade. I, I think it's a side grade only yeah. because, sure, if you get an extra shooting reaction, how many times are you going to use that? Maybe once every turn, right? So over a four or five turn game, you're going to use that five times. And this time, you get an extra movement, shooting, and assault. So that's three times. I think it's, it's a side grade. It, it, it's, it's, if you play it right yeah. and you have the right condition, it is very strong. But you have to tell me that you've used it which means, depending on what I'm doing, it may not be quite as useful. You know, oh, for my assault phase, well, I'm only going to assault one unit anyway. You only get one yeah. use out of it because I'm throwing two units at them or something. So, um, and, e and even so, and the plus one leadership is great. Stubborn unit wide is amazing, but and it's any faction. But okay, maybe I'm. This might be heresy, and we haven't talked about ascended yet, which is fine. No. Oh yes, of course we haven't. But like. I'm not wowed by him. Is that just me? Like, I feel bad about saying that about Oris. But, like, is it, maybe I, someone can convince me. I'm feeling C. Well, that's because you Horus. play Custodes, so you're a loyalist. Um, no, no, no. But it's not, well, I play Demons now, so I'm off Horus now. Here, but it's, it's... I think part of, the cons of what you have to put into play with this guy is his points cost. Most of the Primarchs, other than the last one, have been, like, four. Let's say 450 as an average. Yeah. He's a legit 150 points more. So he better be better. And yeah, his stats are better overall. He kind of has like the good people stats in most things except his initiative. He's got the better invul save for the types of invul saves they get having that three up. His weapons are good. Not amazing, but quite good. Again, he's really good against a lot of regular people, against Primarchs. Um, he's going to struggle a little bit. He's a little more survival than some of the other Primarchs, but his weapon that really hurts Primarchs Worldbreaker, because it's brutal, goes later. The other Primarchs could really get a lot of wounds into him to potentially, so um, I'm not saying he won't beat out Primarchs, but it's not an auto-beat every single Primarch even, thing, I don't think, with him. I wouldn't even use Worldbreaker, I'd use the Claw, because you're seeing that Strength 7 with Shred and Deflagrate, and AP2 anyway. I yeah. would use the Claw, in my opinion. I think that is, depending on their invul save, if they have a three-up invul save, I think it might be worse. And, and certain, Maybe not overall. Um, but I'm just thinking, yeah, you have Shred, 
but you're still you your weapon skills good enough so you're gonna get how many attacks is that one seven he's, he gets six but it's seven because he's got two melee weapons okay so he's on seven attacks he's gonna be hitting on threes so let's say he hits with five of them he's gonna wound with about four three to four of those with shred on a primark um, uh, he was on threes, so yeah, four. I would say four to five actually. It depends. Um, because uh, most. Oh yeah, yeah, you're six. right. Because yeah, he's yeah, he's a little bit better. Okay, so let's let's say it's four. Um, they're gonna save half to a primer's gonna take about three wounds from that in average. Yeah, three wounds. If you hit me with the hammer instead, um, you're gonna have about the same amount of hits, about five hits. You'll probably have four or five wounds, but brutal two means you're gonna be taking eight to ten saves. Mm, okay that makes sense it is better but and and you do have that master crafted so you can throw that number in to be a little bit better in those numbers but you're going to go later and that could be a problem um like if you've taken a wound or two from something now the other primarchs might absolutely take you down like if you do that against like ferris he might cut you out cut you down first um where did you want to put him i was gonna put him c c like okay, I understand. Like, master of war, or sorry, master of weapons buffs him, but that's really it. Serpentine scale buffs him. That's it. The weapons buff him. His only buff to the army is once per ba- ter- once per game. He everyone gets plus one movement. It's just side leadership and at stubborn. Best. Yeah, but plus yeah. one leadership and stubborn. Okay, across that. If I'm gonna make him B for that, then fine, I'll, I'll accept it. But it, I feel like that's so. Like that's his only army buff. Yeah, plus one leadership and stubborn is great. I mean, you know who? It, it doesn't help the Terminators because they're inexorable, right? It doesn't. Are his um? Oh, what the hell are they called? Um, not Justarian. I know Justarian. Justarian are stubborn. Yeah, Justarians are stubborn. Uh, what's the stupid? Is it called Reavers? Reavers. No. You're thinking Reavers. The base Reavers? leadership eight. They have none of those rules, so they would get it. So they get stubborn. So they get leadership nine stubborn. Because kind of, I'm looking at like who is going to really, really help. Besides like the Tac Marines, obviously, and stuff. Chieftain. No, Chieftain is what I was looking at. That's who I was looking at, Dave. Chieftains, Chieftains will go to nine stubborn then. So they're not. St- they're not. Uh, they're not stubborn naturally. No, okay. and not exorable. They're either. not inexorable. No. Okay. So. Um, okay. I, I don't know. Listen, if he's B, he's very low B for me. But gut feeling, he's really good on himself. Excellent on himself. But for 600 points. Yeah, it's 600 points, you better be good. You can't be bad at 600. Yeah, I know. He's good. And that's it. He's excellent as a Primarch. For 600 points, this dude will beat up anything you throw up against him, pretty much. I mean, we were, for frick's sake, we were talking about that. We were trying to find someone who hits him on threes, and that was the lion, right? So, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, that's his big claim to fame, I guess? Like, I wanted him to – he's the freaking war master. I thought he'd be doing a lot more. Like, Gilliman had an okay stat line, but he super buffed the army, right? The um, – uh, Prospero, that's not his name, Jesus Christ. Magnus. <laughs> Magnus had, again, okay melee weapons, but he's super buffed because of his psychic powers. This guy is super, super good in melee. He gives plus one leadership and stubborn to the army. I mean, sure, but it's regardless of faction, but it's only infantry too. So it's not bikes, it's not cavalry, 
Um, Steve, where did you want to put him? I I, I don't even know what to do with him anymore. Dan's really convinced on this whole sea path thing. Well, that, I don't think... worry about Dan. <laughs> yes. So I don't. I don't think he's top tier. Not with the price tag he's at. No. I don't think he's C tier levels of useless because plus one strength is a big deal. We're just saying how we wish the thousand suns got plus one, not strength, uh, leadership. leadership. Yeah. Plus one leadership is a big deal. Being stubborn is a big deal. That means you get into combats and you're not running nearly as easily. And that um, is something this, this army wants rule. to do because of their special rule. Yep. Yep. They want to be in combat. They want to be in melee. So he he helps them once they get there. He kind of helps them get there because of the stubborn, ignoring the penalties that things like fear might cause to cause easier pinning and such. It's I'm not saying it's 600 points good, but this is one of those ones where it depends on the size of the game you're playing. If you're squeezing him into a small game, sure, you have a prime arc, and that's worth a lot in terms of just I could beat something up really good. And he's going to beat up a lot of things really good with AP2 deflagrate strength 7 attacks. But I don't know if he's worth 600 at that. Then you go and you play, you know, a 10,000 point game, all of a sudden you're getting a lot of value out of him. Like a lot of value out of him. So he scales nicely. Mm, I like that answer. The, the fact that he scales nicely. Yeah. Um, I think with him, I, I I would caution putting him to C. I, I think one, I think giving everyone stubborn when it fits what the faction does well. If this was a shooting type faction, a, a little more focused, obviously, like their their main rule is a little bit more related to combat. Um, their his buffs are a little bit more related to combat. Those align nicely. Also, I think if you look at like rights of war, like I said, the black reaving, um, giving your Justerans deep strike. Now you can deep strike with that unit of Justerans. Um, they can go around and mess people up using that. Also gives rage two when you charge. So you're also going to get rage and all. Um, I think you have to play him a particular way to get him to feel like he's worth 600 points, but I do think you can get him into B. I don't think because of his cost, he's any higher than that though. He's too expensive. I no, I agree. Yeah. Um, he's solid at what he does. He will do a lot of good. His stat lines very nice, but you are paying so much for it. And if someone does have a lot of damage they can do, if someone's got like last cannon squads, you know, I just have to make it roll dice. You know, it's going to feel bad if someone can fire a lot into them. So um, actually in the one uh, giant game I played, that's how we, there was a couple Primarchs that showed up. That's how we took them down. They showed up, just hit them and then overwatched them down. Um, actually, no, I think I killed him with a bolter, actually. I think I just hit him with a bolter shot and took him out. Um, all right, but we are going to do but, Ascendant as well. So, so 400 more points. What so do you get for 400? Points, what yeah. is a Primarchs? They're 25% of the 25%. List? So, this, so this can only be taken at, what, 3250? No. What? I didn't math. No, 4K. You mathed so bad. 4K. 4K? Was, I got that was this. the easiest one you could have been. Shh, 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 shh. I don't, listen, okay? I play Demons now. We don't math good. All right? Why wouldn't That's you math? Only... They have numbers. <laughs> Um, so did, did, they not have, did they not have like Mr. Rogers in Cuba? 
Was that the problem? No, 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 no. We had we had Senor Rogers. No TV. Or we had no TV. No TV. Our math was All the right. was the metal fields in the backyard. <laughs> so, uh, for a cool four hundred points, you get a bunch of extra rules. Right, you become corrupted, which uh, I should technically talk about what corrupted is. Yes, because that it makes a very big difference for him. Yes, so corrupted. By the way, you get fear. I I think I remember this too because of demon. Not demons get a separate thing, but it's very similar. So you get fear one. You, I believe, um, if you get hit with force or psychic focus, uh, they're instant death. Which you're eternal warrior, so who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, you're immune to fear. Um. And if you try to fall back, it's D3 automatic wounds, and you can't join anyone who's not corrupted or demon. I think I did that correctly. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing is who you're allowed to join at all. Oh, okay. So I, oh, and I got the Ralph thing right. right to, oh, yeah. Look at me knowing my shit. <laughs> so, so it's not like I play demons now. Um, so first of all, his stat line does change. So he goes 886, eight, so that's still normal. Eight move, eight weapon skill, six ballistic skill. I would have loved to see his weapon skill go up, though. Come on now. He goes to strength eight, toughness eight, eight wounds. Still initiative six, still six attacks, still initiative 10, 12. But now the big thing is strength eight, toughness eight, wounds eight. Meaning that claw is now, um, uh, that claw is terrifying. Yeah. Now <laughs> that, you're that using it against Terminators because before you were not. Yeah. yeah. That claw is legitimately disgusting. Um, but is he worth the 400 points? Let's see what his special rules do. So he gets four special rules. I'm going to say three, but he essentially gets four special rules. He uses the Primark profile, but in addition, he gains three new things. He, oh, the camera, three new things. Feel no pain four up, which, oh my God. Now remember he is corrupted though. You cannot take feel no pain against instant death. So yeah. if he gets hit with force or he gets hit with, um, psychic focus, that feel no pain goes away. Yep. Okay, but still, feel no pain four up, rage three, and then three separate powers: a dark fate, spreading corruption, and chaos eternal. So already, that's massive. Rage three on the charge means he pops to nine attacks, ten. Actually, sorry, he pops to ten attacks um, because he's got two melee weapons. And then feel no pain four up is just, I yeah, you're shrugging off half your damage. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fifty percent survivability. So let's talk about his three special rules, because still that's 400 points. First of all, a dark fate. First time in any battle when Horus Ascended loses his last wound or is otherwise removed from play as a casualty, the model is instead placed into reserve with a single wound remaining. Any unit Horus Ascended was part of remains in play, even a retinue, which is nice because retinues would, that would be kind of weird, or other units would normally not allow for the removal of a model from the unit. After having been placed in reserve due to the special rule, Horus Ascended may choose to re-enter play, with the controlling player making reserve rolls for the model as per the normal rules. If slay the warlord objective or any other objective that requires the enemy warlord to be removed as a casualty, score victory points is in effect, and it is still triggered when Horus Ascended is moved into reserves due to the special rule. It may be triggered a second time if Horus Ascended returns to play and is removed as casualty again. Yeah, you can get slay the warlord twice. Yes. So basically you kill him, he goes back into reserves, he can come back. Now here's a stupid question. Let's yeah. say this happens on turn five. Does he just die? Um, because so, reserves don't come in past turn four. Yes, technically by that. That's uh, not. Does anyone want to? Ch- no, oh, no, no. But I, I, you mean after turn five, like if he's not on the board at the end of the game, kind of thing. No, no. So like, you know, reserves come in There's on turn four. No, is isn't there? 
I thought, yeah, think, after I turn four, they die. For, yeah, 40K has all of that. I think in 40K. Oh, my God. Am I having a moment? Okay, so oh, no, hold on. oh no, they auto Same come in moment. turn four. No, they auto come in turn four. Yes. I know that. Two and three. I think that they need to auto come. Like, let's see. Or I guess you can't. So your, your plane flies off the table. It goes into ongoing reserves, comes back turn five. Turn yeah. five. Okay, good. So we're good. Okay. I'm thinking literally 40K then. Okay. So that's, I mean, it's automatic. You don't need to roll for it. Horus doesn't die. He comes back with a wound. Well, and he, if he come, he come. Oh, go ahead. But but that but that's that's. I don't know if that's so great and wonderful if you don't have ways to buff him out because he comes back with a single wound. And if if he oh he walks on, he's close enough. Uh, augury scanner. Oh, I take him back augury out. I get I get more more points. Very true. He gets it will not die five up though. So I guess maybe hide him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. It's oh, cool wait, that he, he does, comes wait, he back. He does have deep strike. He does have deep strike. You can yeah, deep strike him so I can intercept him. Thanks. Oh, that's right. Intercept him. That's right. actually even worse. Oh, God. Come in where he can't be seen because otherwise he'll absolutely I'm, fire stuff I'm at 50, him. I'm 50-50 on this one. I yeah. think it's got funny funny implications. I think it has funnier altercations. Yeah. <laughs> but you could, you could win. There are ways you can use this. Oh, it absolutely. Nice. Yeah. It's just funny that I realized that you could intercept a good. Aha, that's me. <laughs> All right. Power of Chaos Eternal. Once per battle at the start of any assault phase, uh, whether it's the controlling player or the uh, reactive player, a uh, horse centered controlling player may choose to activate his Power of Chaos Eternal. Once activated, you increase the strength and toughness to 10 for the duration of the assault phase and ignore all effects of the unwieldy special rule on attacks made with World Breaker. <laughs> Uh, once the assault phase is ended, all combats have been fought, have been resolved, and the effects of power case of have ended. You get a sufferers, you suffer a payload of the warp, but any wounds caused must be allocated to friendly models in the same unit as horse ascended. If any models exist before they're allocated to horse ascended, yeah, okay. So he becomes strength ten, toughness ten, and starts swinging his hammer at initiative six. So he's a sovereign. Oh, yeah. he's a worse sovereign. Jesus Christ, because Persona's a brutal. It's so stupid, GW. But he, he's swinging it at initiative World Breaker. Okay, but then he takes the perils of the warp. Okay, okay. Yeah, but other people take the wounds, so who cares? Yeah, other people take the wounds for him. And then, last but not least, the spreading corruption. All models in the unit made up entirely models with infantry, cavalry, dreadnought, in the same detachment, um, maybe given, corrupted. There we go. That's how he joins you. Yes. Maybe given, corrupted at 25 points per unit. If this upgrade is selected, they must gain the carpet subtypes. Models that are attached to such apothecaries must be upgraded. Oh, thank God. I'm glad they added that because then you'd be like, where did my apothecaries go? Yeah. Um, that's what happens sometimes with word bearers. So it must be upgraded separately for apothecary detachments, similar kinds, and other resources, civil force organization slot, divided uh, to other units, including. Okay. So that's just talking about how you purchase yeah, it. If you buy it for a unit of apothecaries, yeah. you pay for it once and all of them get it. You can't all pick and choose. Get, it. get a nice little bulk buy. Okay. Yes. Um. All right. So 25 points for fear one. You don't fail calm. You don't fall back. You instead take, take a perils of the warp D3 wounds. Um, you ignore fear for 25 points. Oh, but Jerry, he's worth you, you're not Jesus taking it on many Christ. units, but you're taking it on at least yeah, probably his unit is just staring that you want to take him with because otherwise you don't have anyone for him to go with. Uh, yeah. So I'd probably take it on that and like maybe the other close combat, like the Reavers or maybe like aggressors or something. Um, all right. 
controversial opinion time. I don't think this is worth a thousand points again. Oh, I'm absolutely sure not. One, yeah. So for one turn, he beats ass. Sure, he's got a Philippine four up, by the way. Um, but for one turn, he beats ass. You know what's again? So I don't want to be mean and compare it to something else, but I'm just laughing at GW's balance system because he's got a strength ten, AP two, brutal two weapon, right? You can't balance thousand point characters. Horse, do you want? But one I'm just horse ascended or five contemptor dreadnoughts. I don't have five contemptor dreadnoughts. Uh, well, here's the other problem: would I take one horse ascended or two uh, demon sovereigns with wings and also psychic powers and hit at strength? 13 or strength yeah, but, 12. But, but you couldn't three. take those in this army. How much is a um, Warhound if Titan? If you take an Esoterrorist. Eh, if you take forget an esoterrorist, them. I don't care about him. How much is a Warhound? Is, I think it's 1,000. It's a Warhound. Oh, let me open it. I have Battle Scrap on my computer. Give me one. So, Dave, you talk about him because I already kind of – that was my opinion already. That okay. This is not worth 1,000. I'd actually put this in C. Here's where I'd actually put it in C. All right. Um, I don't think it's worth I'm going to see if I can walk you off that ledge, but I'm not sure if I can. I don't so, think you're to walk me off that ledge. When we talk about these two, this is one of the first times we truly had to consider points. You must consider this guy's points. Because, like, yeah, his rules are overall very, very good. But they better be for a 1,000 points. He's two, two and more Primarchs. He's essentially two Primarchs extra in cost. What? How much is it? Is it what, 750? Okay, let's say you want to war on with a Plasma and a... Um laser blaster so like a strength d gun yeah and the plasma for those who don't know plasma blast gun is uh i think it's a 10 inch or gonna be other oh, it's seven inch strength nine ap3 but breach four up yeah right you can take two of those if you want fuck it cool. do seven inch blast uh 750 okay how much is uh reavers what 1250 one one uh, 1500 okay yeah, so they're more okay so he's not quite reverse okay um <laughs> It goes without saying he that really with his bodyguard, huh? He will with his retinue. That's true. Uh, well, it depends He'll on how much 50. the Desarens with the corruption for a pack of five are going to be three hundred points. So you're at thirteen hundred there. You're pretty close to it. Well, that's only five just Desarens. You yeah. want to take ten. And the big thing is his Fort Field of Pain is nice, but if you have other people with me, they're going to be taking the hits first. You know, kind of thing, and they're already stubborn. Like, it goes without saying that you are getting strong rules. There's n there's no arguing that his rules are strong. There is no arguing that he can beat up almost every other Primarch. Um, there are some that will do a number on him as well, especially ones who get the swing first, because, yeah, he does have a nice four-up, feel no pain, but a lot of the Primarchs tend to have instant death-style weapons <coughs> or murder strike to give instant death. So, you know, toe-to-toe, -to -toe, he's going to win, probably, or almost every circumstance, but he might lose a lot of wounds to some of these Primarchs, um, unless he makes that his strength 10 turn, obviously, but even if he does. But a 1,000-point model should beat up on a 400-point model. A 1,000-point model should beat up on everything. He's absolutely not near the top in any way, because we do have to think, especially for this guy, we, think, we have to think about points. Otherwise, it's it's a boring argument. Like... Yeah, he'd be right at the top because he has crazy rules otherwise. And, like, he's so hard to kill. But you have to consider his points. For that, um, his Dark Fate can be very good or it could be a detriment. It could absolutely, if you put him back on the board, it could lose you the game because you could give up more points. Um, 
Uh, Power Chaos Eternal, very good. You know, not, not going to argue any of that. Spreading the Corruption, being corrupted can be very useful, but now I'm spending more points. I've already spent a whole bunch of points. You're already having to be at such a ridiculous size of a game. Um, I don't know, Steve, where do you want him? Do you want him in C like Dan does? I don't know. No, let's Steve go. Stop him. You wouldn't stop him? Nah. You're having dinner, aren't you? Maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that very soft maybe. Yeah, I heard him. Um What? Oh wait, oh yeah, I I made a picture for Ascendant, but I didn't put it in here. Alright, um so here's our little uh, horse picture. Didn't have that before, but now we do. Um Yeah. I'm personally okay with C, and it's not C because he's not good. It's not C because he's not strong. It's not C because he's not a big fighter. It's C because you're spending so much to get that, and it feels like I still want something more. I want those five Contemptors instead. I'm not saying he wouldn't beat the hell out of a bunch of Contemptors either. He probably still could, but like that's one, you know, that's one missile, you know. I, I, yeah, like he'll take out what he wants in combat, but I can still try and feed you units. I can still sort of, he doesn't fly. I can still block you with units. And then you have to go take down this, this tax squad that's in your way. Fine. Eat them. I'll fight the rest of your list. Cause you spent a thousand points on this guy. I got points to spare. Um, all right. Are we good with him at C then? I'm C. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hate to be like, he's a cool looking model. One of the best looking models. Yes, Unlike I believe that it really was. So ironic. Yeah, I will. I will. will say Gilliman, worst looking model, or one of the worst looking models. Some of the top ear, top tier abilities. Uh, not feeling that with horse. Yeah. No, I think this is fair. Um, and again, it has nothing to do with that. He's not good. Yeah, he's good. and He's going to beat a lot of people's faces in, but I don't feel you're getting a thousand points worth of something. Um, I don't, I think it's probably right that they priced him crazy because at smaller, he is going to be too much. They would have to probably downgrade his rules. He's not a thousand points worth of rules, but he's a thousand points worth of like NPE negative play experience because in a smaller game, you're just not, you can't do anything about it. You, your opponent needs tons of points to be able to make sure that they can make a game out of him kind of thing. So yeah, I'm fine with that. I think that's makes sense. Cause we're thinking about these overall, but again, if you have the dude, yeah, play, bring him in giant games. You'll have fun. You'll absolutely have fun with this guy. Um, but your opponent needs to have some models so they can have fun too, because putting units of like terminators in this guy, ain't going to be fun for anyone. All right. So um, that is going to end up giving us about seven things left. Um, cause there's one more thing at the bottom I had to add in. And so we're going to call it for tonight because we've been recording for a bit, not one of our longer episodes per se, but it's a little bit later in the evening and we want to be able to get some sleep tonight at some point. So as always, we want to thank everyone who does, um, listen to, uh, the show, whether you listen on any podcast, wherever you find us, or you watch us on YouTube. So we've had this displayed up on YouTube so you can see our chart. And next time we'll have the same chart. We'll have the rest of it up. Um, so you should be hearing this on Wednesday. You should be hearing this the day before Thanksgiving if you live in America, or it probably is no special holiday in any of those other countries, wherever you happen to live. Um, 
So there'll be this out then. You'll probably get at least one other thing I'm going to be trying to record. I wanted to do a Why to Play Wadroon um, episode. I wanted to record it last week. I just didn't get the chance. So I'm going to try to record it tomorrow morning. You should get that this week as well. I just don't know if it'd be Wednesday or Friday. That usually takes me longer to edit. So you'll probably maybe get that by Friday is my hope. If not Saturday, because I'll be home on Friday. I'll be away for a few days. But that way I can get that out. For other things, so... Like I said, we have um, Legions Imperialis coming up. As soon as we have it in our grubby little hands, we'll be painting up those armies nice and quick and starting to get some battle reports and things like that done for those. We have plans to do all of that. Um, we have some other 30K battle reports planned to be coming up in the early part of um, December. And then we should be speaking with the designer for um, Cyberpunk my hope is maybe before the year is out. I don't know exactly what his schedule is. We have to do a little bit more with the first, and I want to reach out to him and all, because we do have a little bit of time that we miss because of packs and things like that. But um, once we're done with this, we're probably going to start taking a look at some special characters. But if anyone has any other topics or things that they'd like to hear about, obviously, you can put it in the YouTube comments. Um, if you want to reach out, obviously, we have a Facebook, we have a Discord, we have all those sorts of things. We have our email, trainkickersnj at gmail.com, all that sort of stuff. Um... We, if you are watching us on YouTube, or even if you're not, if you could go over and subscribe, that would really help us out. We have about 30 or so percent of people actually are the ones who subscribe, who listen to us. It's actually fairly low, unfortunately. If a bunch of the people, if we even got an extra 10%, we'd be well over the thousand. We would then be easier to be visible, all of that kind of stuff. So it'd really help us out. If you haven't done it yet, you know, throw, you don't have to hit the bell. I'm not going to tell you to do any of that if you don't want to. But if you do that, it would really help us out. Um, and as always, like I said, if you are enjoying the content we do, we do have a Patreon. We do have it listed. I always put it in the notes for the YouTube, um, especially as the holiday season. Don't worry about it now because you probably got all kinds of things you got to buy for depending on whatever holiday you celebrate because almost every holiday has something special that happens around December. Um, and if you don't, you know, you can have still a happy season, whatever that may mean for you. All right. Um. Next week, plan is to finish this up, and then we'll see where we go from there. After that, you should see some stuff right at PAX as well, because at least some of us will be at PAX. All right, on behalf of everyone here at the show, then, has a good hobby. It's a great gaming.